Okay, so we, the three of us, while you're gone, Leo, we're just discussing briefly what happened last time because Stephen asked what where we were. So as a brief recap, does anybody else want to provide a recap of what happened, what you learned, if anything? Anybody feeling confident? Otherwise, I can. Well, I know we started with those two in the library. And they learned a lot from books. They learned book stuff. Yeah, we learned a lot of book stuff. Uh, let's see, well, it was about the 14th, yeah. Mm -hmm. We learned that, you know, like the Arcane Congress holds sway over a lot of the, the more powerful um, books and homes that could grant power. Uh, we learned a lot about the, the Cornix Edith, uh, the, the rules that were established at the origin, like yeah, they can't, um, that Dragonmark families can't own land outside of the city, that they can't have a military presence with the exception of the Deneth family. So uh, yes, their, all of that. There's mm -hmm. a, there's a lot that, that, that you learned about mm -hmm. the families that they're at first. Mm -hmm. and, and Earth was looking for books about the schism and about Dorn, which he did, but more historical texts, not this frou-frou Religious, Religious. I want. I want the facts, the cold hard mm -hmm. facts. What was his address? Mm -hmm. I don't know what he. You learn a lot about a man when you see where he lives. Yep. Yep. Squalor. Then they came back and learned that I had almost gotten into a fight twice, maybe more. Yeah. Silver flame threw Ludo's name around. Real smart. Now we're on somebody's radar. We'll see what happens there. Um, fun, fun though. Yeah. And then. You went to the theater. Theater. Yes. Had fried cheese. Or was that the session before that? No, no that, that was, was that same, one. We ate one. on our way there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. And after the theater, she brought me to her casino and did the magic room on me. You learned that's mm -hmm. where the Irtain family's wealth comes from from the last six centuries or so is... Gambling halls have always existed, but what if you made a really big one for rich people <laughs> and <laughs> organized it and had rooms like like the, the, the anti-magic room that Rachel is just referring to? Eliminated all magic in the room. And then asked me a lot of prank questions and offered me a contract. I told yes. her I'd think about it. And you two were... Eating fried cheese. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and we ship and we ship some weapons off to. Uh, That's right. Uh, yeah, we checked out I'm the uh, Olander house a little bit. The mail. We checked out the mail. Orion. Yeah. Yep. Orion. 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 Yep. Yep. We bought a bunch of swords and short bows and whatnot, and then shipped them. And found out that shipping is more expensive than actually buying stuff. So. Ramp, ramp. Also, we did that math and need to re-look at that. But I, I remember you guys paid we 200, easily 200 gold. You easily afforded it, but I'll take a look at that, that again. I was doing it very quickly by, by hand, and I suspect I may have carried a, a zero too much or something like that. So I'll take a look at that later on. Um, Met back up with y'all. We went back to the place. And we heard scribble, scribble, scribble. And oh, yeah, the letter. Up, thing. And I was getting a letter. Right. Because and 
I had a love letter, <laughs> but then Norwin found out it wasn't a love letter. You'll never get a love letter. I'll never get a love letter. <laughs> exactly. And indeed, um, Annie came back from her night out with Celeria and have fanciful notions, which with sound logic to them of bringing her into the, into the fold. What if instead of, of manipulating and lying, and I'm only bringing this up because this is probably where you guys will pick up right now. Cause we, we left off on a big, what do we do thing, Mm -hmm. but there was a, um, quite the discussion, um, happened back and forth, back and forth with Norwin moderating by agreeing with both sides. Um, (laughs) About, you know, we can, should, should we bring Slyria Yertain in? She's an outsider to the Dragon Mart household. She's powerful, but she's not not one of the 12. She's a casino person, so she doesn't stand anything to gain from it. Um, and Earth basically saying, don't let your emotions for her cloud your judgment. Remember why we are here. Anybody could be, even if she isn't the infiltrator, she could sell us up the creek and then we'll be screwed. It seems like things are going behind <coughs> the, way, the way that they are. Why do you want to change them? Um, and in the midst of this debate, which I think Earth flat out said, yeah, sometimes you have to put your trust in people in people and right now i'm choosing to put my trust in you annie i, I remember that being something said um, and i that, remember saying this was no help at all yep that's exactly <laughs> what annie said and then you heard the scribbling sounds and annie said excuse me got flattened shuttled under <laughs> under the bed where earth went what the flip the giant this is like like a big bed too flipped it up set one handily tills on the side and saw her <sighs> over over a love letter that was being written to her by an orator's quill not of the ones that you guys um purchased a different color one do you still have what what the note said do you have it on your very good why don't you read that off at least to what the note to you said says, hi, it's me, P.E.B. How was the show? Which one you see? Updates? How close are you to success and endeavors? And, and Annie surmised it was from who? Princess Elspeth. Yep. All right. And then you guys were discussing, well, what if it's not her? What if this is an imposter? What if it's all this stuff? And I'm going to shut up and let you guys take it away from there. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I already think. know this quill is tied to Eklund so I mean how could someone else get one tied to his and mine but like I said why do we trust him so wholeheartedly yeah hey why do we trust him so wholeheartedly and you know isn't it a little suspicious if the quill's changing hands perhaps I mean I know Eklund was supposed to be our point of contact with the um the royals, but you know, Earth brings up the good point of if he's even he, he shouldn't be stricken from the uh, list of suspects. True. Mm-hmm. My only thought is the quill wouldn't be changing hands. Maybe it's a way to be able to communicate more than just three times a day. So what? I... Because Eklund and I already talked today. Mm-hmm. Or what? No, that technically would have been last night. That was last night. We'll have to look at that because I think I actually did it the next day. 
All I'm saying is feel free to write back. Just maybe don't tell them about what we're up to when it comes to our investigations. I would feel better communicating with them in person, but I know that's not exactly the most viable option right now. It's Plus, just what, good... what do we even really have to say? What have we found out? Found out a lot about how the city works, but my fucking guess that. is they already know that. Yeah. Astute, yes. Yeah, most of our most of our findings have just been trying to catch us up to where they are. And um, unless you want to ask, like you said about the tiefling whose name I remember. I mean, unless you got your invitation and you want to tell her about that. True. Had I just been at the cathedral this morning? Yes. Then I did use it today. You're right. You did. Also, refresh my memory. Did Celeria invite you to the gala or no? I can't remember. She did not. She was very coy, but I don't remember. Yeah. 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 Okay. I think the facts came out when he said, like, 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 because I think Slyria was asking, why are you so interested? Because remember, Slyria did say the, the good Duke uh, de Madonna, uh told me that you, in your mind, it's all about speaking with me. So what is it that you want to do with me? And you said, oh, I, I heard you throw the best parties. Oh, you want to come to the gala? Yeah, of course. I want to perform at the gala. So she was basically holding the oh you want the invite to the gala well maybe when we talk tomorrow after our other performance and you agree to my to play in my in the platinum chateau regularly maybe then we'll talk about coming there mm-hmm. so i have to see after the performance All right. So we really don't have much to share. Yes. So exactly. So tell her about the goddamn show and leave it at that. <clears throat> and maybe add something in there that you think only she would know. Should or ask I... her a question. Definitely can do that. How do you, do you think who rode with you? Do you think that would be a good enough one? Who rode with you on our journey? That might be fine. Maybe we could also... Uh, there's no point in establishing a a code word or phrase in the thing that we would want the code word or phrase to be used in. So, but yes. True. But once we identify that it is her, uh, maybe if we preface all communications or sign all communications in a particular way, that might help us trust it a little more. Very true. I'll pick up the parchment and start writing back. Okay. And I, I do think you're correct, though. You've already used it three times today. Mm-hmm. So <coughs> yeah. I have to wait until, until you guys wake up in the morning to send your message. Perfect. But it is, it is like 11.30 p.m. R- right now. It's been a long day um, full of blood cheese. You guys are going to be backed up for weeks. Um, <laughs> but a lot of book learning and buying things, and you guys investigated the, the, the Kaneths a bit, 
Oriens, um, went back to, to House Harasco, I thought, for a bit. More cheese. It's been a very packed day, just not the usual packed day of intense trekking through the woods and f- fighting things that you're used to. So it is mm-hmm. quite late, and you can hear the din downstairs of the normal patrons of the, the Drunken Dragon. You're free to join them, or you're free to retire if you choose. I'm going to sleep like a fucking tourist. And then I'm going to lay down on the bed all spread out. <sighs> yeah. <clears throat> I don't think I have anything scheduled for the evening. I'll climb under the bed and go to sleep. Okay. Sounds good. Horns poking straight up through through the mattress. How do you think I sleep? Like, with my face up? <laughs> how, how don't you? <laughs> Just... They go straight up, man. I know. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's easy. I just do you just do you, do you sleep completely face down so they're going straight out? Because if you slept on a pillow, they'd be at a slight angle up, and they're pretty <laughs> long. So I like really flat pillows, but I am a stomach sleeper. So oh, see? they're like okay. yeah. just like this. Okay. All right. Well, it sounds like everybody is retiring for the night especially after the revelry the day prior and the fact that this is only the second night's sleep you've gotten since you guys had your Coliseum bouts, which granted weren't as uh, exerting as many things that you've, that you've done, but still some, some scrapes and bruises maybe that, that will take a little bit to heal. So you guys sleep, your normal routine that we discussed a few, few days ago, which is pretty much sleeping. Um, <laughs> Was there anybody that wanted to explicitly wake up early in the morning or just wake up whenever you wake up? Not tomorrow, baby. All right. In that case, Annie, it will be you first woken up by Icarus, who has flown down from his perch in the room and hopped over and just given you little nips on your nose to wake you up. What is it? Huh? And I'll shimmy out. You see that the, the sun is up. It is a cloudy day, though. So at first you thought, stupid bird's defective. It's waking me up way too early, but it's, it's, it's not. You, you, you feel well rested. That is officially a short rest if anybody needs it for any reason. And the day is yours. Your two sleeping companions are sitting there. One of them snoring and one of them... I'll sit for 10 minutes and call out Strychnine too. Okay. I think Strychnine is always around. He's just in his pocket dimension. You, you can just pop him back whenever you want to. It's, okay. only, if, it's, it, it's only if he's killed that you have to mm. recast the spell and burn the incense. So. Yeah, it's, it's just okay. an action to call him back and forth, yeah. I think. You can teleport sense. him in and out of a pocket dimension whenever whenever you want to, as an action, specifically. I'll mm-hmm. call him out then, and have him be invisible, but hanging out with me. <laughs> <laughs> you hear his, his, his claws scrabbling up the, up the bedpost. 
to the purchase at, at the very top. You don't know where he is. We kind of have this innate connection to him that you know he's perched at the very top of the, the bed bedpost with like the sphere on top, almost like a gargoyle looking out over the room. Come on, we're getting breakfast. Mm. And I will throw on my cloak and go out. All right. As the door clicks open, Norwin, you you, you hear the, the door opening, your eyes flutter open as you see Annie donning her cloak and heading out for the door. Stretch, you know, get up and just, you know, prepare my morning spells as I am want to do. Or if you're woken up to the soothing sounds of Marwin mumbling over his stick and you never quite understand what he's doing, but technically divine casters have to spend a lot of time each morning actually preparing the spells. Did did you realize that? I realized that just the other day. It's like like a half half hour per level of a spell slot or something crazy like that. That was the case. It would take hours. No, it's it's not half hour. What is it? It's like, is it a minute? It's something that's like longer than I thought. But yeah, so basically you have to, every morning you technically need to sit there anytime you want to change your spells at least preparing and mumbling and fondling your wood and all these things. So, or if you wake up up to, to seeing Norwin sitting cross-legged on the ground doing just that. Pretty early to be casting cantrips. Uh, I don't have to prepare those. <laughs> just uh, if I need something a little stronger. Hey, and I'm gonna holler to Annie and be like, where are you going? Food. Okay, and then I'm gonna roll over and Go back to sleep. (laughs) Bacon must be burnt. Mm -hmm. Annie, you head downstairs, and and as usual here, you see the sleepy dwarf um, tending to business here. He he always seems to come in the morning after the place is closed closed and all the patrons are kicked out and cleans up anything that Marcus did not press to digitate um, fixing things that got busted and prepares the very simple food as his a sleepy dopey um, cap wearing self is and you you recall his name is Jasper because you spoke with him the previous day before you oh we didn't mention in the re- in the recap that Annie got in a second nip of trouble here at the drunken dragon casting oh. spells and Hypnotic yeah, pattering people to get um, people you're tracking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't forget about that. Well, what do you think we're getting into? We only have like two weeks till the meeting day, right? I forget what it was. Nine days. Two, One yeah. of them. Nine days. Nine days, guys. So we should probably go scope that out and uh, beat up some ruffians. Beat them up. Beat them up. Anyways. All right. You head down there, and sure enough, you you see him just polishing some stains off of the side of the bar, scrubbing with some elbow grease. No magic for this, just a dwarf doing some work. And there's some other patrons in here um, just having their simple eggs and bacon and toast. Eggs, bacon, and toast. Start your your day the dragon way with eggs, bacon, and toast. Jasper, may I have some breakfast, please? Yeah. What do you want? Uh, bread Sleep. and cheese and bacon and lots of, eggs. Lots of bacon. 
I remember. Lots of bacon. Lots yes. of bacon. He throws the dirtier um, cloth on the counter on the bar top and makes his way back. And you have a distinct feeling he's probably not going to wash his hands before serving you up some food, but who does? Mm-hmm. And brings out three platters or three, three plates of food, some eggs, bacon, and toast, some eggs, bacon, and some toast and cheese, and a little um, thing of butter that's mostly gone, but enough for you guys to, to scrape across what bread you got. It's kind of funny. The, the drinks here are extremely expensive and rare and taste phenomenal and get you drunk and magic flying around when it comes to breakfast or lunch. The, the greasy simple, spoon. The thing. It's the greasy spoon served by a guy who's just here to, to, to clean and make simple things and serve stuff. But while you imagine Marcus is off preparing his spellcraft and making more more potions during the day. It does. Yeah, you guys don't usually see Marcus until around four earliest, maybe like five PM each day. He's gone for all the other time sleeping and preparing spells and whatnot else you imagine. All right, all right, Thank Amy. you, Jasper. You're the best. And I'm going to bring it up to the room. Huh. All the best. You, you, you hear as, <laughs> as you're trotting up the stairs, a little sm- smirk on your lips. You come and, up and over and through the door again? Yep. And I'll quietly hand Norwin his because he's working. And then I'm just going to take the heap of bacon and put it underneath Earth's nose. I'm just going to wake up and caterpillar my way through the bacon. Human <laughs> <laughs> centipede style? So what's our plan today? Where's the whiskey? Downstairs. That's your alarm clock. You have to go get it yourself. You're right. Well, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, plan? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the performance this evening... Very true. Yes. What are you going to tell Celeria? I haven't decided yet. Figured I'd chew on it today. Makes sense. And you wow. do have what we discussed previously of proposing a counter contract or you know, exclusive deal or something. Mm-hmm. You know, you can always make a case that you need to go on your journeys to, to uh, come up with your new songs. Very true. Technically not wrong for some bonds. Yep. I mean, if you want interesting ones that aren't just, Jenny's cheating on her husband and Paul is gay. Like, <laughs> Stacy's mom. Paul is gay. Didn't see that coming. Exactly. Does anybody guess, else? Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. You just think on that. What, what's up, Norwin? I was just wondering if anybody else had any items of business that they thought would be pressing for the day. Well, where do we think we're at in our whole game? I mean, we've learned a lot about the families. We know that there are some um, rivalries, maybe. Or or points of contention we know about. You know, the Madani, the the Deneth and the Thrash having a bit of a, you know, plying, plying for each other's uh, territory. And we know, obviously, about Orion and uh, 
citizen land uh, kind of uh, encroaching in on them. But I don't know how much good that's going to do for us at this point, unless we... I guess, let me, uh, let me phrase it this way. <clears throat> what would lead us to suspect anyone is connected to what the fuck we're actually looking for? That's a good point. Gents, say, you know, let's, let's take the opportunity here to take our break. Mm -hmm. I know it's early, but just because Ray Rachel will probably be gone for 20 minutes or so, so start chatting with her dad on his birthday. Oh, okay. I just oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she, she just um, sent a chat saying, oh, I dad, see saying that dad's calling, God, gotta go. So let's, I'm, I'm sorry for interrupting. Great conversation. Mm -hmm. I just don't want it to be, if it's a, if it's a two minute thing, maybe, but it's probably going to be a 15, 20 minute long phone call knowing this family. Not a problem. Got so, it. All right. I'll let's think on that. To take our break and think on it, and mm -hmm. we'll come back and when she's back. Right. Okay.
Misa. No, don't leave. Misa, look. Big Duke. He was like, what was that? (laughs) Oh, look at those eyes. Oh, such big eyes. He's confused because his friends aren't here today. (laughs) Yeah. You look like you were in a straight up trance, man. (laughs) I am a little tired, but yeah. Misa's a a big kid. A heavy cat. Like a thunder blanket. (laughs) All right. Rachel's going to be done. She'll come back just a moment. Mm-hmm. Leo had to put his kid to sleep. Rachel has to put her dad to sleep. Oop, that was not good. <laughs> He's still be up all night. Really? Don't worry about that. Oh yeah, well nocturnal. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. He sleeps most of the day, and then she's up most of the night. But she, uh, she's my guard cat. She always like sits outside my room or right by my head somewhere around there. Not invisible though. Not invisible though. Mm-hmm. And that's that's bizarre to th- like. I know cats are nocturnal normally, but it is bizarre. I'll admit for me to wrap my head around the idea of like the animal not going to bed when I go to bed. Mm-hmm. Like if that's if that's what the dogs did the whole night, I'd just be thinking, what are they gonna get into? Mm-hmm. Yep. But now I can pass off any house noises the house make because oh, that's just my cat. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, Misa's Misa's pretty good, so I don't have to worry about her too much. So. <laughs> How's your dad? He's good. He sounds a little bit down, but he's been sick. So, with diverticulitis. Um, Which is where the side of your intestines balloons out Mm. and gets infected. So, eventually, they're going to have to take out part of his intestines because he gets this all the time. But Mm. he's on the tail end of antibiotics and not feeling great. Oh, yeah. That would do it. Yeah. Poor guy. Hopefully he feels better soon. Yeah, he's slamming kombucha, so. There you go. Your dad dad will not be sick when he has to officiate our wedding. It's not going to rain. All these things are coming up at the last minute. Mm -hmm. All the things we can't control. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that's true. You know, we Mm -hmm. control everything that we can. And then when we get to the things that we can't, we just uh, cast them mm-hmm. free, right? If it goes well, that's great. And if it doesn't, it's a memory. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. If someone's Ed. late, they're dead to us. Yep. <laughs> oh, fuck. 
pretty mm-hmm. sure I made that very drunkenly clear to Josh last night. Very clear. If anyone's late, they're out. I'm done with them. They're done. <laughs> but it was a twenty. It was a twenty-minute conversation about how clear that was. I appreciate the fact you still called it a conversation, even though it was just me ranting. But I'll make sure to look at the invite for what time the wedding is. Four o'clock. I'll try to be there by three thirty. <laughs> we mostly I meant my groomsmen and yeah. bridal party. Mm. <laughs> so I have a couple people who are prone to lateness in that group. See. And by lateness, I mean by hours. Oh yeah, okay. Chris, I was pretty late to your to your thing. Do I have Zoom on my phone? Yeah, it's specifically just the uh, people that need to be there in the morning for pictures and getting the line and all that stuff. Yep, makes sense. I mean, one of them might even be late if not be able to come at all to the rehearsal dinner, mm-hmm. which is frustrating, but can't get off work, apparently. Ooh. Ouch. I think I made my, my text response clear. Thank you for letting us know. Try to make it, if at all possible. It is important. It is a... <laughs> It's not just a time to hang out and have food. That's the next day. It is a rehearsal. Rehearsal dinner. An mm-hmm. event that you are in. We are yep. rehearsing things. That makes sense. That makes sense. Or we'll just have to re- replace him with Lofen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lofen yep. will walk down. This is nice. The guys, people are here to see me. Yep. And if Caitlin is late, you know, Grace will step in. It will be fine. I have my backups. I, you know for a fact that Tim won't be late because Grace will be there dead on. Yeah. Yep. And he usually gets Saturdays off, right? Uh, I'm sure he has the Saturday off. There's no way in hell for the wedding he's going to be working in the morning or anything like that. I think he just yep. didn't, you know. Hopefully his boss lets him off at two, like, like they said. True, true, true. If not, he can just swing by, grab Taco Bell for himself on, on the way, get there for 10 minutes as we're wrapping up the rehearsal. We'll walk him through it quick and then say, all right, thanks for driving the 45 minutes down. Get out. Bye. What is this? Steven also. How? On his phone. We can't hear you if you're trying to talk. <laughs> Cute. There's been a murder. <laughs> Murder's afoot. But it was Voodoo Mama Juju. Voodoo Mama, Mama Juju? What name did I say yesterday? Uh, <laughs> Jonathan McGillicuddy. It wasn't Jonathan. It was something McGillicuddy, though. Oh. Teddy McGillicuddy? Yes. <laughs> Teddy McGillicuddy, that bastard, came back to town. Yeah. Teddy McGillicuddy caught himself a bitch kitten. That's all she wrote. Yeah, she's like, you know, five or eight feet that way. Just like upside down. I'm like, I have to get, you know, to share that. Because I can't exactly pick up the iMac. Oh, makes sense. 
Not unlike our uh, need to look at the dogs whenever Trey starts rolling on his back in the middle, middle of a D&D session. Your cat's yep. doing the same thing. Yep, exactly. He's back. <laughs> You're also doing this? You're <laughs> just showing your damn... What are you going what, what to show us in your room? So. Oh, you have a child trapped in a device. <laughs> there he is. Face down, just like how Rachel sleeps under, under the bed. Annie, not me. Oh. She doesn't force me to sleep under the bed face down every night. <laughs> Nobody forces Annie to do it either. <laughs> the past two years haven't been a cry for help. It's okay. <laughs> Maybe now I don't know what to believe. And Annie crawls under the bed again. <laughs> Annie was a bad girl. You just, you just thought if you get 100 people in one room, you'd be able to finally convince enough of them that I'm forcing you to go under the bed, but nope, only 65. Not a quorum. <laughs> All right. We return to... Mm-hmm a conversation that that was just beginning to percolate about why do we trust this uh, Madani, this Eklund guy? And uh, what do we know about, or, or I think, I think Lilio, it, it was where are we at? Who do we, who do we suspect and why? And what would we, what would we find that would lead us to suspect? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because when we're thinking about it, the issue that we have is that there's 12 families, if they're even, and we're just assuming that it is a family that is infiltrated. And beyond that, it's however many units there are in that family. I mean, one might think reasonably that you would just go to the top of the organization and there you might have your snake, but it could be somebody close to the top or it could be some random individual at the bottom. We don't have the resources to infiltrate or or interview well, or everyone. Someone tells me it had to be someone relatively important because the whole point is to push for the war. Right, I suppose. So they wouldn't listen wouldn't to some it. bottom rung male jockey. Yeah. That's fair. So we know so we have to So we're narrowing our search to somewhere near the top of the the family chains, somebody who has their, I suppose that would be a good place to check. I mean, the court, remind, well, remind Stephen, the court itself is more than just the royal family, yes? Yes. Or, or is it like, is it like the, the three aspects thing? Is that the court or is that something separate? Ah, uh, uh, good, good question. The court can refer, I mean, in any country, the court can refer to the royals and nobles and aristocrats that make up the ruling class, right? That's usually the, the court. They have the galas, they all get invites, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. When it comes to the court sitting, it's very much the um, royal family. And you guys know that the, the three aspects handle the religious side mm-hmm. of things. Um, it is considered the largest court, though, of any country because it's so many different people come here. 
Mm-hmm. And it's the court city has historically been very much a center for foreign dignity, uh, dignitaries and all sorts of things will come here. Um, mm-hmm. So it's hard to explain exactly what the court is in the context here. The court would include the dragon mark families. It would include any other family that's of high enough standing to go to important things. The court's a very nebulous thing. And you would recall mm-hmm. the whole reason why your current, the current stage of your your mission that has been suggested to you, you're under no obligation to f- fulfill it, but you have been thus far is to get an invite to the, to the uh, tame gala because the gala is the one place where every mover and shaker in the city will be at of the 12 drag mark families of the Royal court of the other 60 families that, that, that exist. It is, it is the, one place where you know that anybody who's worth anything gets an, an, an invite. Uh, I should say anybody who's worth anything just means the higher up people, <clears> those <throat> that have afforded their way, those that would be in the court, if you will. Okay. There. So it's less, it's, it's not like you guys need to, though you're of course welcome to go around and on just the three of you figure out who the infiltrator is it it was you know get to the gala and then use that as an an opportunity to be guests of interest um Mm -hmm. and then then you can talk to interview meet all the dragon marked heirs and their their sons and daughters and you'll probably get 150 wedding proposals to annie and they'll want earth to fight for them they'll want you to grow trees i mean <laughs> will you grab me some vegetables <laughs> yeah so perhaps we're looking at, so perhaps we're looking at it from the a different perspective is we're gathering information right now for what who we might suspect and really the end goal is just to get to the gala and then basically to figure it out once we get there and so any prep work we can do to a get to the gala and then supplies or contacts that we could use while we're there might be relevant. So you're going to make me repeat my question? (laughs) Where does that leave us? Where does that leave us? Well, I've done quite a bit of research into the family so far. I might go back to the library and do a little bit more, but I don't know if it necessarily behooves all of us to go there all the time. Does anybody else have any leads that they'd like to explore? I think Annie's doing what she needs to for the gala invite. Um, Because I think that's, you know, obviously our best in is, well, now through you. Absolutely. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. And you, you had worked on something with the Caneth family. I believe you were going to have asked something to be made or something. Yeah, I'm supposed to just wait here, wait and mm-hmm. see if I hear back, I guess. Yes. Too so, important and whatnot. Yeah. Hmm. From that, maybe we just see what other things we can do around the city that might be pertinent to us, or if there's something that piques our interest. 
I'm and not good. I say it is. It's it is by far the largest city you guys have ever been to, and obviously I haven't gone around listing off everything that that you can do. But if you guys, I am prepared though. I have several things. I I have options if you guys want to just walk around the city, just pick a district and a plateau and, and you can walk around and explore things. It's not like a place where you're going to know what, what everything is or even know necessarily what, what, what you want. So don't mm-hmm. feel like, because you don't want to put Josh, Josh out that you're stuck either in the drunken dragon or in this place or this place and anything else is off limits. No, the whole city is yours to do whatever you want to in. And it's my job to make sure that it's a, a, a vibrant place. Mm-hmm. And when I go to a new city, sometimes I just walk around and see what mm-hmm. pops out. We could do that and talk with the citizens around and get a more plebeian perspective on everything. You could get some fucking winter clothing so you don't gotta keep taking my cloak. But it works so well. Yes, some proper winter attire might be nice. I do okay. have the dresses from the queen that do look better, and my studded leather armor is quite thick, and I do have a cloak with that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, yeah, Josh, I should ask, like, by your standard, adventuring clothes and a cloak, would that withstand, like, 40-degree temperatures? Like, would we be cold? Uh, I would say in studded leather and a cloak, you'd be chilled but you're not cold sort of like, you know, in winter here, sometimes you want to want to really put on some heavy, um, thick layers. I think especially because you guys are far flying, um, mm-hmm. you get very, very cold when, when you're, when you're flying and the normal fall jacket type thing might not make it. But then again, studded leather is thick and very, it does not breathe well. So. And I have cold resistance. Yeah. I mean, you're, mm-hmm. lucky you're, you're chilled. You're not at your most comfortable by any means, but if you're flying around in, in armor, armor is not very comfortable anyways. So yep. your armor and your cloak will keep you warm enough for the half-hour jaunts that you have flying around the, the city. I'm not going to have you roll for hypothermia, but of course there are things that you could do in this giant city. Nice clothes with fur-lined hoods that you could wear, absolutely. Yeah. I will say that I am also potentially interested in visiting the Arcane Congress, which in my research I found isn't actually in the city. It's in a smaller town, um, a coastal city called Summer Night. Um, But that's a bit of a jaunt away. If I were going to do that, Stephen, I need to I need to stop you here only because the things that you and I talked about on 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 Slack. I haven't learned yet. You haven't learned yet. Those were things that you said you wanted to go back and learn today. And I'll do You're that. sort of locked in going back to the palin <laughs> the palin whether you want to or not. That's what I'll be doing then. Yeah, and that's sorry. what I'll be learning. Sorry, yeah. I didn't realize that we hadn't done that already. Yeah, because like I said, you know, you guys send me things mm-hmm. that you'll want to, you know, do so you get your brain thinking and you sent me that. So we yeah. had a great, a great back and forth, but that's basically what you learn yeah. today while you're gone. Well, then I'm going back to the Palisim. Mm-hmm. I'll join start, you. Then. I haven't been there yet and it could be nice to read. 
an interesting place. It's got lots of, if you're into uh, studying books. Did grow up in a giant dome with a lot of books in there too, so. Well, fair enough. There's quite a few things I could look in on, so I think that's good as place as any to start our day. All right. As for your previous question, I don't know if we have enough to go on yet to really make up a game plan. I think there's plenty of possibility for people not liking one another and benefiting off of the war, but mm. I don't have a strong feeling about any one family or person yet. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, my gut's not speaking to me yet, so I just didn't know mm -hmm. where you guys were at. Our guts are the same. Yeah, exactly. I think it's too nebulous at this point. Sure. <laughs> I will stick my stomach out as far as it can go to try to make it look like Earth's. <laughs> Can't you alter yourself? Yeah, but that's less did. fun. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Unlimited power at her fingertips. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. Bacon baby. Bacon baby. <laughs> well, I'm ready to go whenever you guys are. Yes, I think let's uh, let's head off. Okay, back to the palais. Well, uh, we go. <laughs> you ride your 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 large rug through the hallways. Oh God, I should have done this outside. <laughs> you fly up, and you. Uh, Take to the sky of Agrabah. You've been there mm -hmm. several times. I think we've made every possible cart flying joke. So um, the only new thing about today is it's quite, it's quite overcast. Uh, the wind is not very strong um, at, at the moment, but it's pretty biting. And fortunately, if you're wearing your armor, everyone, um, then you're okay knowing that it's not too far to get mm -hmm. there. Annie, since it's your first time, as you're flying up, you see all these spires, these white and gold spires um, coming up. Excuse me. And walkways that intersect, like bridges and um, balustrades there that if you, if you fall off this thing, much like anywhere, you're doing on for a long plummet there. And these walkways intersect to plateau areas. And you see what look what have to be students because they're all while wearing similar um, robes and, and hoods against the wind. Our, our walking seems to be a lecturer leading them. You see one um, tower and another tower and an, another tower and another tower and another tower and they all have these distinct bridges that lead to them with no central um centralized place not like a pentagram by any means they're all different heights and whatever else they've clearly been appropriated for some common function though and um you see the house orion symbol is very prominent here very prominent meaning that entire central section there where these things sort these walkways and bridges sort of intersect the entire thing is emblazoned with their sick with their sigil um as are each of the towers the doors in front of each of them are closed tight like metal doors that that, that seem to be closed and locked and there's um between two and four guards in 
um, in front of each. At the same time, you don't see anybody coming in or out of those, those doors at the moment. Um, but there is some fair amount of activity happening on this central area as people just walk and then go down the steps and come down. You guys are sort of lazily flying over just taking in all of these sites, but you're going a little bit past that to the, the, the Palinaeum proper. Um, this, of course, is the Palinaeum refers to this entire area here. It's not just the library. This is apparently part of it as well. They all have similar construction to it. You see the symbols of of Amorion there, the um, holy symbol of Horion, that book that, that, that you've seen be before that's open, the pages curled up, seen that several times before all over the city is very, very prevalent here. Again, it sort of gives you that weird moment of going like, huh, like the juxtaposition between holy symbol here and clearly like dragon mark symbol there um they're almost competing yet also doing the same thing merging in some in some ways but it does help you if nothing else it's almost like you don't even need signs you can kind of tell what the general gist of some something is just by whatever symbol is there which is clearly a very deliberate thing also people just like to wear shirts that say hi my name's josh and i'm awesome um, as the carpet comes down it's a big central archway that, that, that you, you, you three walk through and there's um, several desks set up there and people that will um, ask you. I think it's a gold for two hours in the uh, uh, Palinaeum and that is your entry fee to go in. So do, do you want to pay for just two hours each right now or do you want to pay in advance? How much do you guys want to pay each? How many hours do you think you'll, you'll be in? I think no one will probably be there for at least, you know, four to six, I would say. So he'll, he'll pay like, you know, I'll just do it on three gold for it. I could do four. So whatever that total is up to. Two gold, two gold. for you. And I'll just do four as well. All right. Two gold for you. Mark it mm -hmm. off. I've already, I've already marked off mine from my stash. Perfect. You see that the people that, work here where of mostly you can basically delineate them into two different things. There are those who are wearing white and blue and gold trimmed robes and very much have a cleric look, look to them, which is a funny thing to say because cleric clerical work is oftentimes paperwork and stuff in the actual world. But these seem to be like they actually could be clerics in the fantasy D and D sense but they are all wearing am amulets or belt or rings um, that have Orion symbol to them. These are the acolytes that Norwin and Irv had worked with the previous day to get things like um, broadsheets and direction and help you find books on whatever topics is that you're looking for. The, the other classification of the people that work here are wearing simple brown robes, like think of um, Friar Tuck monk sort, and they're just going around doing very um, simple tasks, cleaning, reshelving, whatever else. They seem to be overseen by the actual accolade. So there seems to be several delineations here. The ones who probably don't have any power whatsoever and are just here for her simple work. Those that have some, some degree of power of as actual 
acolytes, maybe not even not even level one clerics. Maybe some of them are. Maybe they're like pre cleric sort of thing. Like the, the divine spark is within them, but have they done anything to make it come out yet? Um, and then of course there's might be people here that are even higher up in the chain, but you've not come across them yet. But the library is yours. The walls are very, very high. You see crisscrossing bridges going all over the place, alcoves, balconies, just a chaotic assortment of books with some rhyme and reason to them, but no Dewey Decimal System and no computers to search for what section you want to go to. So if you guys want to do more research today, I'm all for it. Just let me know what it is that you're looking to to do. I would want to know anything I could find out about the traveler. Mm. Okay. Uh, are you going off on your own for that? Or do you want, want, want to ask one of these two jabronis to help you? If you and Annie both do that, then one of, one of you can roll at advantage. Meanwhile, I think Stephen will be busy for a while doing his research. I got it worse. Which isn't um, a bad thing because you learned a lot of important stuff. It's not like, oh, I, you know, you just didn't. Oh, no. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll shoot this to you, sister. How about if we help each other two hours my topic, two hours you pick a topic because research alone is fucking, well, it ain't fucking. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I am more than okay with that. So we'll spend the first two hours with help looking for my thing. I'm going to let Annie roll for that. <laughs> All right. Annie, go ahead and roll investigation check at advantage. Because Earth is helping you as well as, as other people are, are helping as well. Mm -hmm. if, you, if you choose to ask, you don't have to ask people if you want to keep this more on the down low. Uh, 23 or 21, so a 23. Ooh, 19, huh? Okay. Yeah. 23, very nice, very nice. Okay, then, with a 23, um, I will say this. Did you ask for help or not? Yes. Mm. Yeah, like I would have asked yeah. to be direct, just like I did before with like, hey, anything on adult, like sure. that's where I would have started because yep. that just totally, logically makes sense. Totally makes sense. The reason I ask is because when you ask, you do immediately get sort of a, a look, like a sort of like walking into a library here and saying, do you have books on Satanism? It's like, uh, I mean, yeah, we, we might, but that's a weird thing to ask, man. <laughs> so they don't distinctly tell you no, but they're definitely less helpful than they were the previous day. Um, they, they lead you up a series of stairs, spiral um, staircases across a bridge, and they uh, um, gesture. This, this person in particular is actually a, um, an older-looking mountain dwarf um, that has a symbol of Horion hanging there. And it's kind of like, uh, okay, that's quite the request. Leads you up in a slow plot plotting look. Um, comes to uh, open away. You will notice here there's no doors that block off any section of, of here. For whatever reason, doors were not constructed in this 
space. There might be some deeper meaning to that, but it might not be. Uh, might be something, some bullshit like knowledge should be open to everyone. Though we're yeah. hiding, though we're hiding the good books where you can't find them, sort of thing. <laughs> but don't worry, the doors are open. There are, are no, no doors. Um, Crafty librarians, do I can't trust them? Right, but this section here does have um, a plaque on it in gold that just has some information um, on there and the gentleman here whose name is Kurdu Blackbender he, he introduces himself he says if you're looking to find something on the traveler you want to find anything on the dark six likely what we have in the Palinaeum would be within this room so then you guys begin to dig through because he's not too keen on sitting in there and helping you find this stuff. Seems a little bit full of paw, but you don't fucking need that because Annie rolled a kick ass. <laughs> Perfect. He got you where you needed to be more or less. And then he began poking around. Um, Annie, not your first time doing, doing research. In fact, remember you did not know Infernal at first. You kind of felt like you should. You felt like you could understand words intrinsically just by, by looking at them or, or, or hearing them. But it was only when, when Felicia encouraged you to you know, accept, who, who, accept who you are and where you're from that she took you to a library and said, figure it out. And you learned, you, you, you're self-taught Infernal in that sense. So she's also a bard herself. So you have had time in libraries before, not mm -hmm. one as grand as the Palinaeum. And frankly, even this kind of off to the side room still has more books than many libraries you've been to in smaller towns. It really just puts everything on a whole different scale being here. So you're looking for information on the traveler. Um, with a 23, you guys learn pretty much everything that there is to learn about the, tra tra the traveler Yay. for the most part. Um, everything they think will be in this room. Again, remember the Palinim is essentially a temple to Oria, so they're not going to have maybe some crazy things, but <clears throat> knowledge. This is what it holds in it. Um, I do have my notes here for this as well. The Traveler is definitively um, the most mysterious of the gods, which means that the number of books or scrolls or literature on, on him is frustratingly predominated by very mysterious of the gods. Like they have to begin everything as almost an apology for how little they know about the person. Whereas if you were going to look up one of the other uh, um, the dark, dark Six, there's more information on them from a detailed standpoint. But even so, from the Traveler, um, the cultists of the Dark Six tend to, much like um, vassals of, of the Sovereign Host, they tend to really devote themselves to one, the, though they, they believe and revere them all. With the Dark Six, though, a lot of times they don't necessarily revere and believe them all. They really focus on one. Um, they don't, not always, but a lot of times that they do. The Traveler tickles the fancy of people who tend to find themselves um, wittier than maybe they actually are. It's like a, it's because he is a trickster. He is wit. He is, he brings knowledge and uses and will manipulate people to use it for, for their own means. 
so in a strange way, some of these um, texts that you're reading here kind of suggest that people who follow the traveler think they're smarter than they actually are. Um, And if the traveler, and they, they find kinship in that, like, oh, this guy's a tricky, tricky guy. You know what? I've known to be pretty tricky. But I could have put a fast one on those old hosts. You know, you know what I mean? So it tends to attract a darker sort of person who have a self-inflated ego and wit. Obviously, the person who is writing this specific text is not a fan and talks about them pretty vitriolically. Um, Do they bring up the fact that the followers like to sit in their room instead of going out? <laughs> James uh, Alfiel has been the traveler all along. Illusions of grandeur. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, let's see. I want to make sure I'm giving you the good stuff, but not necessarily every single thing. So, so yeah, he, he's thought to look favorably upon those who use their wits and are resourceful, and he disapproves those who beg for, for safety and care for unearned gifts. He's a bringer of gifts, but if you don't earn the gift yourself, he, he will look poorly upon you. Um, in fact, a famous proverb of the tra- traveler is beware the gifts of the traveler, despite being known as the, the giver of gifts. Much like a genie, they're said to have strings attached, though comparing the, the traveler to a genie has been done. In fact, you have some, acad- some academic texts that you find that go, you know, what are gods if not beings from other planes that we don't, that we don't understand? And who's to say that the, tra- that the traveler was not some Jin or genie or Efriti or Dao, you know, some genie creature from the elemental planes that can grant, that can grant wishes. It's a very academic comment. Like maybe I'm not saying it is, but maybe sort of thing. Um, the traveler, as you probably already learned from your play is the one of the entire um, original fit 15 of the sovereign host who is not related to a- any of the others because of that. I mean, they don't really know where any of the Sovereign Hosts came from, sure, but they really don't know where this one came from. You can, you can believe, oh, God came from, from, from heaven. Everything came from heaven, but then what if an equal to God came in? Well, where'd that come from? God made everything. So that's sort of very much the mystery of the Traveler in that sense, not related to any of the Sovereign Hosts or the other Dark Six. Um. A lot of things that can't be entirely understood are oftentimes attributed to the traveler, similar to how I like to think of in, in Greek myth- mythology. I like to think that they just invented a god anytime that they didn't understand something. Why does the sun move around the sky? I don't know. There's some guy named Helios pulling it in a, in a horse-drawn carriage. And everyone's like, that makes sense, you know? Um, whether or not they- that 100%. Yeah. Whether or not they entirely believe that to be true, even in, in, in Greek culture, or they just accept that that's, that's myth, mythology. Same thing here. Some believe this is gospel truth. A lot of people just say, and there are phrases, though not as common as other things, but sometimes if you really don't know if something impossible happened, they'll just say, oh, the, tra- the traveler must be watching. Oh, the traveler has been here, sort of, of thing. Um. Now, now we'll get to the more esoteric things because you rolled so high, okay? Most of the things I was saying there are things that are you could have found with like a 20 or below. With a 23 
uh, above 20, I'll say that you learn a couple more interesting things. Um, the, there has been reports, and in fact, I would go so far as to say um, direct interviews with some followers of the Traveler um, cultists, if you, that's what we would call them, but cultists don't usually call themselves cultists. <laughs> um, and some warlocks will say that their power comes from the Traveler. Not entirely unreasonable, considering that some warlocks, some some celestial warlocks, would say that their powers come from Dolora. Right? That's not out of nowhere, but it tends to be something that when they mention that they're of the Traveler, they are more problematic than others. There's been several times that those who are self-proclaimed um, Warlocks of the Travelers believe that their powers, or, or I should say Warlocks of the Dark Six, sorry, but they say their powers come from the Traveler. I should have made that more clear. They're Warlocks of the Dark Six, but they believe their powers as they're being inter interviewed, like, well, where'd your powers come from? As they're probably chained to a chair after being captured and tortured for, for months, they admit that their powers, they believe they come from the Traveler specifically. Um, some esoteric texts that talk about things so far back as the creation of the world. What created Rune itself? We understand the primordial uh, um, elemental planes of earth, wind, um, or, or, sorry, earth, air, water, and fire came first. And the astral sea and ethereal plane, they kind of always existed, but what created them? Who knows? Well, let's not go that far back, but they've always existed, but the material plane, and then after that, the Shafel and Feywild, but the material plane had to come into existence. Was it chance? Some people think it's chance. Evolutionists, idiots, Big Bang. Other people believe it's, well, of course, the sovereign host molded this, this plane for us, but there are some that say that the traveler some that believe, in fact, there's only two texts that you, that you spend two, two and a half hours pouring through, two texts that mention beliefs that the traveler created the entire world by himself, which would mean he would predate even the other sovereign host. A lot of that is met with poo-poo and you don't see it in anything else. That again, those are like small chapters in books or scrolls that you're looking at all this other stuff. And they, that does not seem to jive with other things that you're seeing, but you're, you're, you're rolled high enough to see things that other people would just skim over be like that, that, that can't be true. That doesn't mean that it's true. It just means it's what you're seeing. The last thing I'll say is um, legends say, and this is more commonly known though. People again, probably don't really believe it as much, but legends say that alone amongst all the gods, the traveler walks the land still. With a thousand faces in body and spirit, but no mortal will pierce its perfect disguise. The traveler's true nature is one of the greatest mysteries, and even its gender it is unknown. Well, we know that's true because the rest of the gods are dead, so. Besides that, I would say everything else that you learn about the traveler would also come from things that you learn from your play 
and Earth learned the previous day. A lot of things that talk about the schism, though, don't mention the Traveler at all. They really focus on Dol Dorn giving them the stanky boot after the rape and you know blah, 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 all that stuff they you know that was really the big thing that caused it other texts say that they just wanted more power the dark system they leave out the balinor um thing and, and roa thing entirely but some texts say you know show that the trav the suggest that the traveler the giver of gifts the first gifts he gave were to the dark six so the play that you saw is one that does not really prescribe to the more commonly believed things, which again, is I believe Cecilia said, it's why she likes these selection of plays that she um, let you, let you choose from. Cause they're not, they're not just the, this is like how everything, this is what everybody believes. It's like, okay, this might be a little bit out there, but I like it. Um, yeah. You also learn some specific names of known um, cultists and stuff, but long dead. Nothing. It's not like there's a um, repository of if you see if you see this guy, look out for him. But there are like accounts and interviews with cultists of the Dark Six and things that mention the Traveler specifically. Um, but it's mostly just ramblings of madmen combined with sometimes these people have been in disguise and have infiltrated very very deeply into a city or a religion or a royalty or uh, anything and then try to destroy it from the inside out. Um, and there's several accounts of that exact thing ha happening with some success and some not success. And those accounts have been, if they've been captured, they've been interrogated. And that's where you got some information that I already said. So there's a lot more nitty gritty detail I could, could, could give you, but I imagine you don't really care about, about Frank, the, the cultists of the dark six from six centuries ago. You don't care about Depends. that. Do we know where they're buried? And do we have access to their skulls? <laughs> you imagine anything that could be um, asked of them in life or death probably has been, but you do not find information about where they're buried. I will say that directly, but it's a, it's a good point. And you're like, well, maybe, maybe we have things we can ask that they wouldn't have thought of back then. So you start to really, you spend some time here looking and trying to find like, there has to be death records. There are of anybody who, dies that's that's of importance in the city is interred somewhere and they can probably find their last rights and location in this fucking palinam here there's so much civil records here it's not all just book knowledge it's a lot of a lot of mythology folklore and a lot of civil literature um, unfortunately anything like that would have been purged probably so not only can you not go ask him questions but also his friends can't come and raise him from the dead you know, true. That makes so, sense. The chances are not Frank. buried anywhere. Frank's probably burned and his bones pulverized and scattered everywhere. Not a bad way to go. Yeah. So that's about two two hours there of research. Good. Um, very good role. Good thing to to research if you're curious. I don't know why. <laughs> All right. Annie, is there a selection that you would like to research for the next two hours? Or yes. Anything I can find on the Starry Lady, especially like her origins. Sure. You are 
much more inclined to get help to um, to take you to that section. Though again, this is less of a section. At least the Dark Six had a section about them. There's no section on the Society Lady at all. It's more of a section, a, a bookshelf of mythologies around the world and tales from, from around the world and folklore from around the world, all, all that sort of stuff. And in that bookshelf, you do find a section of things about the, about the starry lady, a few scrolls and teachings um, of, of her. You know, you and I have never directly sat down. Of course, I'm not going to sit here and make an entire book of scripture about it, but you definitely find um, books like the common books and there's like four of the same same exact book here about all the scripture of the starry lady which is much less like say christianity and much more like confucianism and buddhism so sort of stuff you know do good tasks and a lot of proverbs like that's why i say it's sort of most like confucianism to me it's just chock full of proverbs and do this and this this will come and all that confucianism stuff that you can probably find online you can attribute a lot of that similar stuff to um the starry starry lady that's what you already know go ahead and make your role at advantage if earth is helping you of course the deal's a deal 22 22 very nice indeed is there anything in particular that i well actually i, I think you just said her origins right mm -hmm. yep okay um since you're in the palaneum and since you rolled so well i will say that you do get and it's probably going to be not very exciting because you already have that small book from um Calrell's arcane study it has much of this history in it. The 22, there are some things that you learned that um, were not in there. Because th that, that book was more about, you know, Lolf and Lolf's opponent, the starry lady. You know, Lolf making an, an army of drow and monsters and the starry lady having followers. Didn't make an army, but just had followers that would follow her. And she would go around and to the battlefields and heal people by the tens and raise some of them like the most powerful from the dead, which is great. If you think about it, you have someone who can go around and raise from the dead, your, your top three fighters and they can fight every battle. That's an enormous boon to your side. So a lot of stories about that. Um, everything with the starry lady is much more folklore and story driven. Whereas some things about the Dark Six and even the even the Sovereign Host, since it's here, can be academic focused. Like, well, what if this? And like this, like these are the facts that we know. A lot of things about this about the Starry Lady are more folklore driven. A small thing they talk a lot about the dome, of course, which is you know you grew up there, so you know all, all about that. But you guys are here for the um, again the esoteric details that you get when, when you roll high enough and you did indeed roll high enough. So let me just stop talking about shit that you probably already know and get onto things that you might not. Obviously the dome is thus called because it's an enormous dome structure with glass and, and, and crystal on the ceiling um, that can be enchanted to show a night sky, though they oftentimes don't these 
days. It just shows, you know, the sun through and it, re- and it reflects it inside the dome. The dome is not just a building. It's not just a, a, a church. It is in cases land too. So there's gardens and walkways and trees, an entire ecosystem in this dome that's, that's on a pretty small island in the middle of, of a Oracle lake. If you guys have access to the maps, you can um, remember that lake is more like a, a sea, really. It's like a, it's a it's big. fucking sea. And the, the island is a comparatively small speck on that. Um, in fact, if you guys want to, since we're all on our computers right now, I, I, don't, I don't really care in this, this case. If you guys want to, um, I think I had world lore, but if you just type in rune fantasy map in Google images, first thing you'll find is, is the map that I found many, many years ago and then appropriated for my, my use. Um, that big lake, if you can call it that, it's called Oracle Lake, but it's very much an Oracle Sea, um, is right there. And the Dome of Starry Lady is on one of those islands there. What you learn from your research here is there is evidence, um, very old maps, very old maps that came after the schism or whatever, but very old maps that show that lake wasn't always there. That lake simply was not always there. And geologists have looked at it and are a bit perplexed because it didn't develop like how a normal lake should. Um, The sides of it are much shallower than normal. And then it goes very, very deep near the center. Um, A huge area in the center, but still an area. It's just, it's not like people who have gone in and being like, I've studied lakes and seas my entire life. This isn't normal. It's like it goes down too deep and this isn't a normal structure to what a lake should look like. There are people who have explored around and have compared the underwater, um, the land structure of the Oracle Lake to be akin to the blight. And one text in particular um, suggests that when the blight appeared overnight, that is when the Oracle Lake began to fill. The belief by some of these people who are less on the religious side, more on the uh, factual side, say if the Starry Lady and Lolf did exist, and we and we believe the historical records that say that the Starry Lady is responsible for or her followers for somehow creating the blight and wiping out Lolf's forces in in one fell swoop and created what we now call the blight that leads to the, the, the underdark. Um, it seems like at that same time, whether intentional or not, a similar excavation of the earth happened where the Oracle Lake now is. Furthermore, it killed millions of people in the Oracle Lake. What is now the, was now the Oracle Lake used to be several towns, villages, cities. It was a populated area of her followers. 
it seems like the dome and those three those three islands you can see there um whether intentionally or otherwise were spared whatever strange has happened but combining all of this research together you're beginning to put together a, a piece that some people believe that it was excavated the same way that the way that the blight was but a lot of people were weathered by earthquake or not was well, earthquake where, where did it sink to like if it's just a giant sinkhole and it sunk down sinkholes are small things they're not things that expand hundreds of miles was an aftershock from the from you know the schism which there's text talking about the schism being not only a religious thing but a very physical thing that happened here and made the made the, the sovereign steps um, the Oracle Lake didn't fill with water overnight. There's texts that, that say that it filled slowly over time from the, the ocean, from the strait that separates the, the um, two continents there. And it took hundreds of years to fully flow the state that it is. And the Oracle Lake, or I'm sorry, the Dome of the Starry lady predates the that happening and it is an island that seems to be on for lack of a better word a pillar of stone that goes all the way down to the very very basin to the very floor of the oracle lake mm. make of that what you will that's what you get from from two hours of research and putting together all of these bizarre things might be more to your home sweet home than you think huh might be yet another uh, reason to visit yeah what i will say that sh uh, one of the things that you learned about her is her her origins are unknown clearly but she is theorized to be from alfheim uh, um which, but she's oftentimes shown as a matronly, you know, woman in current times. But the historians will think more of, oh, I, there's proof that she was an elf, and her followers, um, a lot, lot of them were elves, and, and a lot of them were humans, and people that began to follow her because she was a good person fighting the good fight against Loth, who wanted to enslave and, and fucking kill every everything. Um, but even so, even though she was a definitely a good person for whatever reason um she did carry on a black scythe and that artifact was lost in the blight it is believed that when whatever happened happened that scythe was lost it was never seen again and that was an artifact that she carried um and used when she did do battle, which not very often but when she did do battle um that would be used that's probably the end of uh, what, what you learn in your two hours time here sounds good all right norman do you want to uh read off any of the stuff that, that, that you learned from me, or do you want, want to, to keep that in yourself and do that more, more organically when you guys group back up? Um, I can mention it organically when we come back together, but I'll probably just talk about some of the things that I was already mentioning, you know, that it, the, where the Arcane Congress is, what it's about, kind of, essentially those kind of, those kind of things. 
Well, let's say that after four hours of researching and YouTube <clears throat> being like, wow, we learned a lot of shit about our, about our shit and your eyes getting a little bit bleary and people are coming around saying, chits, you're going you're gonna to pay more money to stick around. Um, you see Norwin neck deep in some books at, at like a long ma- ma- mahogany table and, and they, they say, well, if you're not paying, you have, 15, you have 15 minutes before you should please depart. And they bow and walk away. They're not going to hover over your shoulder by any means, but they escort you back to Norman, who is still a paying customer. So you guys have a moment here to reconnect. You staying here, Norman? If for a little while longer, yes. I've I was doing some research on the Arcane Congress because they seem to be a powerful organization and. Those that wield power and grant access to power or bar access to power tend to have influence over decisions, I thought. And I wanted to know more about them. Though it seems that the Arcane Congress is uh, comprised of basically 10 very potent magic users, um, and they don't find their base here in the Court City, but more in a small coastal town called Summer Night. Um, they do tend to work with the crown, though. They don't necessarily adhere to any of the dragon-marked families. So they might or might not be as suspicious. But the fact of the matter is that they do exist outside of the city. Um, so there, there could be fewer eyes on them um, at any given point. However, they are potent magic users. So perhaps trickery and um, subterfuge of the arcane variety might not be as relevant to them, but I think it might be worth investigating out there. I'm also curious if they would let me look at some of their books, of course, but I think you, they uh, tend to- Always something. Always something. Well, you know, if you can uh, accomplish multiple goals, why not? Do you have a tree that could get you down there? I don't think I've ever been down there, uh, to my knowledge. Let's uh, see, Oracle Lake, where is if you, that? If, if you have been to Summer Night, you probably, it was so long ago, you probably didn't, weren't, you know, paying attention, attention to, to trees. trees when you were a level three druid, you know? That's <clears throat> exactly. In the future, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't necessarily have a means of getting down there um, via tree. Um, oh, it seems like I don't even know if I would be allowed to access their information. They, you know, tend to hoard it a little bit. And, you know, maybe if you're a student or something of the, um, that's somewhere in here, if you're a student studying magic under them, then that would be a way. But, you know, I don't have time for all coursework. Um, and I don't know if there's if they would allow me to study so based on gold or anything. It also could just be a red heron and have nothing to do with anything. But we do have rather powerful connections if we need to call in a favor. Very That's true. why I have friends in high places. Yes, but at the same time, we're also trying not to use our friends in high places for the obvious reason that we don't want to be associated with friends in high places at the moment. I understand. I'm just saying there's ways to. I mean, we're writing 
a message to Elsbeth that his way was we could ask for a discreet favor if you need a simple letter to get you into the door. You know what I mean? That's a good point, though. They, del- they deliver the quill. Why couldn't they deliver something like that? Very if true. you're worried. Mm-hmm. Yes. You got the chits. Let's fucking use them, right? Yeah. And the Congress has been around for, you know, over a thousand years at least. So it, it's fairly established like the, um, the Dragonmark families. So, yeah. So that was kind of where I was currently focusing my research. Like I said, until we know who to suspect, we should suspect everyone. So it makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's worth looking into if you think. And also so we're not blindsided by something we didn't necessarily think of. Yeah. But, you know, they're also probably going to keep to themselves. I highly doubt that anybody from the Arcane Congress is going to go to a gala. Um, though that might be something to ask tonight. If, if what kind of people the gala attracts or who merits an invite. I mean, if they want to... If they want to stay connected, why wouldn't they? Um, Even if they hated themselves personally, like I'm sure I will besides the food and free drink, but. Yeah, perhaps that is true. Um, But you know, they've separated themselves far enough to not be in the city that much. Though, you know, they've been known to be here at some points, but some of them have, but. Yeah, it looks like the summer night would be several days' journey to the southwest of here. That's the only thing. So I guess we'll see. Um, Josh, on the sheet in uh, for the necklace, it, the windwalk allows the 18th through the 20th or the 19th? 18th through the 20th. Okay. So if I were to make that journey quickly... I could go tomorrow using Windwalk. Otherwise, you could always check with Orion and see if they could teleport you there. Yeah. For an exorbitant fee, I'm sure they could. But. Time is money. It depends on what's more valuable to you, you know? That's true. I could check on, figure out how many miles it actually is and maybe calculate how quickly I could get there with the, the spell. Is there any chance that there are drawings of a teleportation circle there? Because I do have, and I'll pull out, I have a spell scroll for teleportation circle that you could use to get there or back. Oh, absolutely. I bet they do. Um, However, (laughs) it would probably be the same price to have them give me access to the code. However, you sequence sequence yes spell. as to maybe it'll be a little bit. They might give you a bit of a discount if you use your own scroll, but I don't know. Of course, that at the same time they also might guard that information like the devil. Yeah, because if they if you well, know we, the sequence, you know the sequence. We do have a few weeks before the gala, so it's not out of the question if you want to make a. I mean, I was thinking of heading back up to Highmont. Mm-hmm. check in on things it's been a while i mean if we're gonna go be here till the gala it's a long time to leave those monkeys in charge yeah that also might be a good course of action split the party mm-hmm. 
Mm -hmm. I'll stay here. Yeah, um, it's fine if we can all take care of trouble. ourselves. Yeah, no, you do not get to stay here alone. You're, you're going with the boy to Congress. You're going to sit there and you're going to learn something. I will stay here and I will continue playing because the worst thing I can do now is let up. That's true. Probably true, actually. Well, shit. We'll have to, we'll have to plan our trip separately. Yeah. Well, we have the Ordo's quills that were um, so uh, ingeniously thought of ahead of time. So that's a possibility. And I can get back quickly once I get there if I'm able to tree stride back. True. But I would ask if you can keep your eye out for that one bay that I found on the map. That one bay that you found on yeah, the map? Yeah, the port, the map those gentlemen showed me kindly. Harb's Barrow. Harb's Barrow. The one they so generously just opened up their pockets for, right? Mm, yes. Struggled mm. a little bit with opening it, so I helped them, but, yeah. you know, yeah. Thanks, Barrow. Okay. Yeah, the, the map was more of what I, what is more of a canal sort of thing. Not super wide, maybe three rowboats or four, you know, side by side um, were, were drawn on there. Okay. Uh, anything in particular I should watch out for for that barn? Uh, there were names. It was Prelude Istus. Prelude Istus. And Amos Hagisdek. Amos Hagisdek. And we already passed the first date on there. But the second one was the 27th of Zan at sunset. Interesting. Well, if I see the, um, the Haggis Burrow, maybe I'll see if there's any trees nearby that I can pay attention to. I would like that. Thank you. And I'll ask around about it, too. That would be good. No. Are you guys all done with your research, or are you going to continue? Oh, shit, I don't think I could. Should we go find some grub? Yes. Food. Why don't you do that? I have a, a couple more things I want to research. Sounds good. Uh, meet you back at the dragon or something? Mm, how will you get back? We might as well pick you up. I mean, I can fly on my own. Oh, true. I can't fly my own. <laughs> Learn Judecraft, I mean, <laughs> then I'll be impressed. Maybe they have it in the Congress in their most <laughs> deepest vault. Something that powerful? You just can't leave that lying around. Oh, clearly. It fell into the hands of, you know, a traveler. <laughs> well, um, how about we swing back in like two hours to get you? Otherwise, yeah, we can meet you back at the Dragon. Yeah, if you want to swing back in two hours, I should be done. Yeah, let's just do that. All right, sounds good. I'll see you then. I'll be right back after the bathroom. Yeah. All right. Earth, where do you want to go? Do you just want to meander around trying to find a nice place that smells like good food, 
cooking or do, do you want to fly just like, cause I think right now you guys are on the middle central plateau. So I have things I can describe that you're seeing as you're flying. Or if you want to just beeline it right to right to a certain place, like the thing about the city is, if you want to me to meander in certain certain areas, I can tell you what you see. Or if you want to be like Josh, I want to find X Y Z. No, I'll probably meander. Meander. It's a big yeah. I mean, it's a big ass city. Now we just have two hours to kill essentially. That's the way I look at I it. Know. That's what I do when I when I used to try to try travel for work. I'd be in the city. And I'd be like, how how am I gonna do? I'm going to walk around for a few hours and see what looks and smells good. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, since she's going to the restroom anyways, I'm going to get another drink for myself because I'm arched. So I'll be right back. Sounds good. Might do the same. Sounds good.
right. All righty then. So uh, we left off with leaving Norwin to his book studying. You guys are going to go yeah. get, get a bite to eat and see what there is to see. And Earth decided, uh, eh, maybe we won't use the carpet so much. So you, 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 get, uh, you get on the flying rug just to get off the colony, which is quite large. It would take you 15 minutes to just to walk off the, those lands. And you swoop down a bit, still staying, staying on what, what we would call the middle central plateau. As you're flying, you see, um, you see what you, you learn is the, um, is the ambassador towers, is what they're called. This seems to be the embassy district. Um, people, they, different arch architecture, different flags, different sigils and whatever else. Seems like you, right near the Palinaeum here, um, actually quite near where those towers were with the crossing walkways and central thing with the House Orion sigil there, quite near there down some steps and across a, 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 a wide bridge spreads to more towers that um, is this ambassador towers district here at the embassy past that um you you, you land you start walk, walking around seeing what is there to see here well you see a um district called the dava gate d-a-v-a -A gate it seems to be a place where full of what you might call professional services you see temples here there's there's a temple to Oladra and a temple to to Anatar. There's a shrine to Boldre, smaller, more like uh think of like a fountain, a very nice fountain to Boldre. You know, she is, you know, a bit um mat matronly. Boldre is kind of like the um nicer side of the starry lady, not the badass one with, with, with the side, just that nice side of her. Because again, some people do say, well, the, that, they're, all, they're all the same. Starry Lady is clearly just Boldre in a different part of the world. You know, you, you read well about that too, but you're like, uh, no, doubt. Press X for doubt. Um, so you see that there's a lot of lodging here, some average um, lodging, definitely some upscale food. That, that you can smell some exotic trades. A lot of trading seems to be happening here. This isn't a market per se. There's definitely people right, right there doing trades or buildings, uh, um, halls and whatnot of sort that some more expensive trading is happening. If it's something that you're just gonna have carts wheel in to, for, for trade, that would all happen down on the, the, the lower plateau. But the central plateau, some things make their way up here and get traded. Um, what those the things are, you can, can always feel free to look if you choose. But right now, you're just kind of walking past, taking in all of these sites. Offhand, I'll say you don't get a distinct impression that they're they're trading oodles and oodles of magical things, more just figurines and you know um, jade. There seems to be a guy who has an entire entire wheelbarrow full of jade that probably came from some somewhere off, and that's not as easy to find here. Just that sort of stuff we're going on. Um, trading lots of clothing and linens, um, upscale services. So if there's a house civis um, place here, so if you want something 
pretend if you're going to dictate and they will write it write it for you and get it wherever you need to go they also have a messenger service in that same facility where if you want to hey i need you to get a message to somewhere right now pay enough and they'll uh do that for you lickety split um meaning probably sending spell to, to their person there you know those cost more than just writing a note to them but still these options exist um and then there's a lot of residences here um upscale residences and average ones in general the impression is it's a small business cluster in in towers surrounded by residential area they look a little bit different here than other things it's quiet professional services outnumbering trades things like our architects cartographers sages healers fortune tellers and the such these are what you find in this first district that you're walking around. and of course several places where there's food does anything pique your interest or would you like to just continue walking on to the next district that's just the first one that you walk past and there's many 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 I'm good to keep going. I mean, just kind of yeah. seeing what's around. Yeah. I'm good to keep going. Sounds good. Next one is a district um, called the Sovereign Towers. And here is where there's 10 towers, one for each of the um, Sovereign hosts. It's different from the pavilion of the host, which is down on the lower plateau in a in a different section and that is where the clerics and 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 pounds and whatnot go for, for you've heard about the pavilion of the host they also have 10 smaller towers around them and temples one for each but that's kind of off in a more like that's mostly for clerics and paladins and the such for their training and where they you know live and maybe where the three aspects are you guys don't really know um whereas this is like the main center of worship for the, the people here um, there's temples and shrines to to all the hosts all, all over the court city, but here very much. Um, these are like the biggest 10 for right here. So you see I sent a tower for, for each of them. If you walk past tower, you see they're very, very tall and open. Um, Doldorn's tower there, you can hear the sounds of, of fighting going on. In, in there, the, 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 the grunts and, and the shouts, and the, ah, clang, clang, clang. And you have a feeling that you have a, have a good idea of what the inside of that tower would look, would look like. Amorion's tower, you walk past, you see through the open, open windows, um, if possible, just more books and scrolls, um, but also somebody standing up top uh, um, at, at the front, almost giving a, um, a very spirited sermon is what it sounds like but it seems to also be very um, 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 academic and about, you know, you know, just sharing knowledge is, is how, how these people learn and so on and, and so forth. Um, you know, people talking about, about planting and in, in, um, in Harawai's temple, the ground is actually dirt and people will go and they'll plant seeds and the inside of her talk to her tower has roots and vines and wheat and things that are very legitimately growing up and the, inside, the entire inside of the tower is um, plants and life and fertility there. Whereas Belenor's right next door is, think of a hunting lodge. We have all the 
beasts of, of the world. And that place is like, yeah, we're hunters. Yeah. And then the one, one next door is, well, we're farmers, but we like each other because they were brother and sister after all, if you believe in such a thing. So if you want to stop in, into any specific temple, I'm happy to, to provide more details. Um, but other than that, you do see a temple, a one tower, though smaller and a little bit more off the side for the undying court um, that is here. There is not one for, for the silver flame only because the silver flame is actually e even larger than the undying courts. And that one is in a whole different area. But at the same time, even though the undying courts um, tower might be, might be smaller um, than the cathedral that the sovereign flame has elsewhere, the fact that it's here near the sovereign host might hint that they're more accepted. We, we, we don't mind you as much, or it might not mean, mean that at all. That there's some upscale lodging here, here, um, average lodging, lots of, of good smelling foods come about here. As you imagine, it's much like church, the best place. If you if you want to make a good penny on Sunday mornings, you should park your park your food truck outside of of any church and just serve things that old people love. Because there's similar carts and, and, and restaurants and not taverns. This isn't a place where people are gonna come and and drink and be body per se, but a lot of upscale places where people can eat diners and, and, and the such. This is the Perkins district around these um, towers that are very religious and ceremonial in nature. Uh, lodging, more services, there's tailors, there's just whatever the hell you, you can think of um, is here. It's also a bit of, of art and architecture being sold, though the art district is not here by any means at all those sorts of things trickle their way down here a lot of if you want to buy a religious symbol to the to the sovereign host or a piece of artwork this is the place to to do that because they have anything that you could possibly want that, that would fit the, the bill their statues paintings mosaics of deities and saints are everywhere um that's pretty much what you see here. Anything of interest from you want to buy a big, a big uh, Last Supper painting or, or, or a religious iconography or just stop into the court city's equ equivalent of 10.30 a.m. Perkins? Or you can keep walking on. I'd say keep moving. We already had our breakfast. Yep. Keep moving. Sure. We're looking primarily for things that are breaded and cheesy. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Makes sense. Well, I think you'll get there soon. Um, the next area is a smaller district, and it's called the Sword Point um, District. This is the um, garrison. This is you see a lot of people wearing the same garb. If you remember, um, Amalcus and. Javesk, the older guy and the um, younger, the younger fellow that were first there when you guys landed with Eklund, Valra, Tristan, remember that? And Annie sort of got under their um, their uh, skin a, a bit with their blue outfits, sword, swords at, at the sides. Many of them with helmets and and, and pikes with tassels on them. This the young is just one was the real person. Yeah, he he was he was a bit more pissy because Annie was saying mean things. Uh, yes. So you see 
that that district here um again there's lodging um there's some some upscale food I meaning soldiers need, need need to eat and sometimes they they only only especially in a city this big where to get from point a to, to, to point b might be an, an hour long in, in endeavor they need places where they can eat so there's some upscale restaurants but mostly mid to lower to fast food so this is no longer perkins district this is the fast food um, <sighs> If you're looking for food here, um, not a lot of things for sale other than weapons, but a lot of the weapons that these people get are given to them as as part of their station and sharpened by the garrisons. So the weapons here aren't flying off the shelves. But I mean, there's not a lot lot of people walking around. This district overall seems to be less interesting for the average Joe to be walking around. Um, you guys can, are free to move on to the next one where you hear quite a bit more commotion the, the further you walk um, past and as you're nearing out of the Sword Point district. But Earth, if you want to fight every single person here, we can, of course, stop and have you do that. I'm rolling initiative. That makes sense. No, I, I, I want to see what the commotion is. Yeah. All right. You see banisters saying trade fair district ah there we go trade now you you hear and see the sounds of um sounds that immediately make you feel almost more not that one this one here they make you feel more at at home these are the sounds that you're more used to when when you're in high mat and the and the such just people chattering walking around this is your your open air market is what you've just reached in the trade fair district there's another yet another shrine here to kol koran the um commerce guy if you want to keep it real simple um plenty of lot of lodging here as always lots of trading going on here and any service that you need you want Spices, they got spices. You, you, you want a rug that can't fly? They got 20 of them. This is where people will come. One of many places in the city. There's like 20 open air. This isn't anything super special, but it is the one that you're at right now. And there's plenty of foods and taverns and restaurant. Trade fair is quite simply the mercantile hub of the central plateau. Um, this quarter's only open air marketplace and there's thriving with a collection of trades and services. Um, there's a number of places with house, with house Caneth's symbol on it. They seem to be selling trinkets. Um, lots of, lots of trinkets um, there. In fact, they got trinkets, get your trinkets. What's a trinket? Come see, come see. And just bizarre little things, things. And you see these, you know, kids, you know, people here are wealthy, but you're not on the upper plateaus. You came down to the more common folk here on the middle, but still not the lower plateaus and not the outer sides. Anything you get to is going to be more aristocratic than what you're used to seeing, even in high mob, I would say for the most part. But you hear people playing music and when these kids come up with the, their mother, like, what's, what's a trick? It's like, ah, watch this. And he takes a little circular thing and puts it in his mouth and under his tongue and he goes and does a perfect imitation of a songbird. And the kid's like, whoa, you're really good at whistling. It's like, no, you dumb fucks. It's, it's this. Here, do it. No, no, no. I have, I have other ones. I have, I have other ones. I have other ones. You know, four 
copper for copper. Like, mama, mama, can we? Well, let's see what else that nice man has. He goes, ah, of course. And he has his, his jacket and he opens up and he has a pocket watch that he clicks. Of course, pocket watches don't exist. So what, what the hell is this thing? It's like a pendant that he clicks and out comes <laughs> dust that just settles to, to the ground like snow. And they go, what's that? And he's like, well, it's not very impressive in winter, but it makes snow. <laughs> it lands and, and it melts. So very, very simple. Some magical, some not trinkets are very calm here. And you see that everywhere where you walk around are very simple enchanted things and things that are probably not enchanted at all, but are just interesting for people to buy. But you're very much your open air bizarre sort of vibe here with any sort of street food you could possibly want and plenty of taverns um, with lodging or restaurants. If you could possibly want to eat, you're probably going to find a version of it here. going to find myself a uh, poultry drum leg then. Oh, easy. You got, I mean, there's this place that literally a symbol is just two big turkey legs crossed like this. No, no words, simple as that. And you walk in and there's an apron, a big, I'm talking guts sticking out, half or woman with, with an apron that, that, that's far too short for, for her, her form. <sighs> like what's on the menu? <laughs> nice to see you. Have a seat, have a seat. What do you have? Uh, just a drumstick to go. Annie? Two, two. Before we even go over there, I am buying one of those bird whistles, by the way. Okay. Oh, there you go. copper. Good. I want it. Yeah. Ah, ah, shit. The con man got her. Two drumsticks to go. Knock off for copper, and you have, you can jot down in, in your um, your inventory on the side, the side there. It won't take up any spots or anything. It's, it's irrelevant for the Well, way, yeah, it won't because I'm keeping it under my tongue. At all times. <laughs> at all times. That makes sense. Yep. So yeah, uh, two to go. No problem. Go, goes in the back, and you see there's this beautiful roast turkey that is just covered in seasonings, and there seems seems to be a vat of oil that with like fire that says hitting it from three from three sides, and periodically it'll just drip. That kind of burns the skin. It's just a beautiful thing that's just constantly caramelizing it, keeping it warm, basting its own fat, just sitting there drooling. And she just she just comes over, grabs the two legs from it, twists, and you see the sinew, and you hear the pop of the tendon, and she just comes comes over. Two silver. Give her gold. Take the drumsticks, and out I go. Come back anytime. Have a whole bird for gold. This, this is the freshest thing. You didn't expect that in the central plateau of the state, but they seem to have rigged up a way to make it fresh as they can possibly be. I mean, because you've had fresh bird, but this seems to be as fresh as you can get here. And these are like these are like Renaissance festival size. Yeah, yeah, like the big things. Yep. Annie, you are concluding your deal is there any other sort of trinkets that you would be interested in um i can't necessarily think of everything this guy's gonna have on it was it was anything that you guys want to look for let let me know and and, and does, i'll make a roll depending on how likely it is and maybe it'll be here i don't know does he have a uh 
a finger piano. You know, those all like tins that go ding, 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 ding. A finger piano. Yeah, I don't know what exactly they're called, but do you guys know what I'm talking about? All I can think of is like not. a mouth harp. That's not uh, a, like a mouth harp for your finger. It's it's like a it's a finger piano. I mean, kids play them all the time. Let me send you a picture. This is the like a marimba. Marimba. Something like the little wooden box that has like the little pegs sticking out that you then would ping on them. Yeah. Oh, so yeah, just search for finger piano. That little thing where you, where you use. Yeah, you, you're like dung 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 dung. Mm-hmm. I got you. Okay. Yeah, Thumb yeah, yeah. piano, finger piano. Um, you know what? I'll give you a good good odds on that that on that one. I'll give you a 50-50 shot that, that he has it. So if it's an eleven or above, actually, I'll give you a seventy five percent chance that if he doesn't have it, you hear the soothing sounds of everything makes that sound. So a six or up, two. There is no finger panels. They don't. They don't exist. You you have to <laughs> have to invent them. House Kane will work. invent them. Well, bye. There you go. Special See? request from House Kane. Yep. Um. You hear that sick trumpet? Yep. Figure that was just my bird call. <laughs> Earth, you come out and you see Annie looking around like, no, you know, a finger piano, and the guys, guys, <laughs> like. What are you talking about? As you have these two drum drumsticks in your hand, smack her with it and then hand it to her. <laughs> What'd you get? I'll whistle at him. It's the perfect bird call. Perfect bird call. Oh, good, more birds. <sighs> you do see Icky very much has been cold this whole time, pokes his head, his head up all of a sudden. <laughs> hearing this. <laughs> and then scurries back down. Thanks for the drumstick. Next one's on me. Hey, no problem. Figured we should get something for Norwin before we head back. True. Very true. <laughs> I don't know if they have any fresh produce this time of year, but maybe some bread with a good spread. Sounds fine by me. Uh, Josh, I am going to look around to see. They probably don't have them, these trinket guys, but if the Canis house or anything they make has uh, enchanted whetstones. Uh, to help make like sharpening easier sort of thing for your blade? Yeah. So like there's some items I found that like if you use it for like the next minute or whatnot, you add a 1d4 of like they can add ice or fire or like there are magic whetstones like that or something or anything like that. Yeah, it's a good idea. Um, you definitely find a good smattering of weekly enchanted things. Remember, Crystals of Denian had a good selection of those plus, well, those plus one stores with additional effects. You bought mm-hmm. a, a few things from them. Even those are very, very uncommon. Something like that would take months to, um, to, to enchant. So a lot of what you are seeing at a, at a place like this would be far more basic. So there might be something akin to what you want if you look around, especially this close to the um, Sword Point district. You might be able to find something akin to that, but just so you know, 
anything you find is going to have very little effect in, in, in a combat scenario. Um, I'll have to think about what the specifics are. Hard to say word. Um, yeah, no worries. Yeah, but if you want a, if you want to find a magic item that casts a cantrip, for example, for a, a limited number number of times, you probably have a higher chance of finding something like that. Like I want a wand that just does Harry Potter Lumos, you know, mm-hmm. or I want to have a glove that casts Mage Hand. How many, how many times can it do it? Once, <laughs> you know, like that sort of stuff is very, very common to, to come across here or stones that just float. Why do they float? Why not? Because they fucking can. And that's what, that's what people like, you know, that's the shit that those are the magical items in this city that sell the most. But to get down to brass tacks, let me think here for what you're looking for. I'll give you reasonable odds. I'll roll a D 20 here. And if it's a, give you a 50, 50 odds. So if it's, it might not be exactly what, what you're thinking of, but it will be uh, enchanted whetstones that sharpen your blade um, more than a normal one can and faster and might give you some advantages on it. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll think about details. It'll probably be something like if you sharpen it for an hour that um, during your short rest, for example, the next day, your um, first, you know, X attacks will have an extra one, one D four. Mm-hmm. Something, something like that. Something very, very limited in scale. It's not going to change the world, but would be. Yeah, I that. guess. Yeah, I'll explain to you the like the kind of stuff I'm looking for too. Is like almost kind of like a Witcher s theme to it, where it's it's not it doesn't have to be like super powerful or anything, but right. like useful in specific situations, almost kind of thing. You know yeah. what I mean? And things like that, I lo- I, I like the idea. You can probably find stuff like that um, else, elsewhere, just not in this specific. Um, no, totally. I, yeah, just saying. If we yeah. ever go down, like yeah, we're just walking around shopping again. Yeah, and you guys are going to have pl- plenty of downtime, I think, as you can all realize in the coming times. I'll assume, assume mm-hmm. that's true. I don't know if it's true or not. Um, so we'll see. All right, 11 or higher, you'll find some simply enchanted whetstones. Ah, Fortunately, so guys, you know what? It looks like they probably exist, but they're just sold, sold out. That's the problem. Enchanted things, even simple ones, take so much time to enchant that by the time that they go, look at here, enchanted whetstones, people just come up, boop, 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 wrap mm-hmm. up and so they want to wait another three months to get the next batch. Exactly, exactly. So unfortunately, the things you guys are really interested, interested in are not here, but you have a good time walking around. Definitely like a different side of the city. You've flown over places like this, but you haven't really just sat, like stood on these big bridges and alcoves and walkways high above the city in the towers going down and up them. It's just like a crazy Mall of America sort of thing. Mostly open air market. It's cold, but it feels warmer with hot turkey leg down your gullet. And uh, you guys easily kill two hours doing this. Well, then I have an idea of what we're going to look for food for Norwin. Forget what they're called. Those Japanese sweet potato. Ah. Uh, hold on, I got to think here. Oh, those, um. Where they like fire roast them? Like they're usually just street vendors of like fire roasted sweet potato, and then they usually come with like a sweet sauce, like a tangy sauce on them, but I can't remember what it is. Anyways, not important. 
Fire roasted veggies for the kids. Fire roasted kebabs um, can absolutely be be found. No need to to roll for that. You can easily find fire roasted kebabs and the such here for the vegetarians of the the court city. Um, So yeah, you want to, it's like, it's going to be literally a copper, a skewer and a skewer is going to have mushrooms and peppers and onions on it. Get a couple of them. All right. Two copper, and they are yours to take. Yakimo. Yakimo? Yakimo. Yeah, they literally just, like, roast the sweet potato in the skin and then, like, slice it open and hand it to you with the sauce. Oh, it's just, it's and it's, great. like, sweet, and they have it in, like, a wrapping. Like, mm-hmm. usually newspaper. Yeah. Just to let you know, it's Y-A-K-I-I-M-O. There you go. Yeah. Well, right next to the to the skewer <laughs> place is the Yakimo hut. So, if you want to grab one of those two, go for it. Boom! There we got an assortment, and we will well ourselves back to normal. Right. right, you guys, guys, get back on Norman. You are in, engrossed in your literature, and you feel a tap, tap, tap on your shoulder, and it is mm-hmm. uh, it is your um, your uh, friend. Uh, can do is that what I said or Kurt oh, back yeah. bender. And yes. he just goes uh Kurt back bender. Excuse me. Mm, yes. Another another gold to stay, another couple hours, or if you would have <sighs> been two hours already. I I need to get meeting with my uh compatriots. But uh, thank you for all of this and I'll just like stack the books back and do they put the books back? Do uh, I see Please, please, I'll take I'll take care of this. More uh, than happy to. Thank you very much for your time. And I'm sure I'll see you again at some point soon. <laughs> He's like, I get to worship by putting away books. Sovereign Host people are weird, man. So he'll <laughs> happily a... start putting them. And he just looks at them and goes, ah, a good one. <laughs> and starts walking away as you make your exit. And you see your friends coming up with some, with a little bit of steam trailing me behind them. The wind is blowing opposite. So you're not sure what's afoot as they land, but then you see in their hands, they seem to have With the medicine of fi- plus 15, I better know what a foot is. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Very true. <laughs> we got you something to eat, and I will hand him the sweet potato and the skewers that are magically missing all the mushrooms. Ooh, that's <laughs> wonderful. Good find. Where did you go for this? Uh, and There's if I turn a... around and look at the maze of the city, I'm gonna have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> There's like street vendors that way, and I'll point towards where we came from. Noted. Oh, chomping right in. Mm. So about what time would it be now? I guess if we. Oh, I, I reckon you guys probably, you know, you went to bed around midnight. Let's say you got up, you know, eh, left around. Man, you're probably looking around 334-ish. Yeah, 3.30. That way that's not like a super rush. You got to get ready for the theater soon, don't you? What time is the performance at? Is it like 6 or something? Seven? Six, 6.30. I should probably show up by 6. Yeah, so I have about two hours. So, all right. Yes, well, I guess we'll do that. Is there anything else we need to see to before we 
get down to tonight's business? I think that's what we need to see too. No, I don't. I don't think so. At some point, I'm curious about um, going back to that cheese shop and talking to that uh, one uh, druid to see what she learned her her crafts. But uh, that's that can be any time. That's just an idle curiosity. We could even get ready early and then head out and stop at the cheese shop and sit there and chat with her before the performance. It's not that big a deal, honestly. It's just more... You don't see many druids out, and it's kind of interesting to see them in the Quad City. I say let's do it. Norwin wants to talk to his cheese girlfriend. Let's get him to his cheese girlfriend. Never say no to cheese. Yeah, well, okay. Unless they just... Yeah, sure. Well, and off <laughs> we'll go back to the dragon. Sounds good. You see, um, so Marcus ch- is still n- still not there. But the place is getting a little bit more full. You also notice that the bar is is roped off, um, and nobody goes back there. So it's really uh, like oddly for a bar. Um, the the dwarfish guy, uh, Jasper, can get you drinks if you want, but he uh, very much there's no good cocktails happening, and the bar is pr- pretty much untouched except for him getting a few things the place doesn't really get packed until Mar Markups comes back around 5-6 so you guys come Annie you go upstairs and get ready wearing one of Elspeth's dresses mm-hmm. did you did you mean to respond to her this morning by the way or no there's not no. intent to respond to her message yet okay just being sure I, I didn't forget or you guys forgot anything mm-hmm. okay. I was wondering about that but mm-hmm. not yet so you put on your beautiful dress, do up your hair, whatever bits of makeup you have. Then you Just change. Like, then, then you change everything to look whatever how you want to look. <laughs> do I see any familiar men in the bar? Make a perception check. <laughs> no one on earth. They're right there. Hi. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> you do not see. I, I assume that you're referring to the um, gentleman. The, yes, the human and the half orc. Yeah, you don't see them here. However, what since you are actively on the um, banister on the second f- floor, lo- looking out over um, where Norwin and and Earth perhaps are on. Um, downstairs just sitting at the moment just because they probably didn't want to be in the room while, while you were sprucing up and whatnot um you do notice um the doors open up and a certain fancy dressed gnomish figure or halfling fit figure would put was a gnome or halfling the difference <laughs> good point i think he was uh gnome I thought he was a gnome too. I thought he was a gnome. But in, in, in any case, Ipsicario Putinesca walks in, sneaks in, look, looking around. Uh, you see him, see Earth and Norwin. You see Earth and Norwin see him, and he smiles and begins to make his way forward on his short booted legs. 
Yeah, I have it written down as gnome. Okay, that's what I thought, so I'm glad. Mm -hmm. I will trust my friends to get rid of him and instead go back to the room <laughs> to reply to Elspeth. Okay. He comes up. My friends, my friends, it's good to, good to see you here again. You guys do a legs of Drunken Dragon, do you not? Oh, it's uh, got a, a nicer vibe than some places that we've been to. More around, home away from home. Exactly. I can surely understand that. I am a big fan of the Drunken Dragon myself. That's why I, I, oh, why I come here all the time. Is that on the course to end to see you two? Have you put any more thought into the offer I gave two nights ago? That was offered to guild something. We've, we've gotten a lot of offers in the last two days. Of um, course. This, um, as honored as we are, I think we're going to pass and just remain friends, Pudineska. Well, how about I offer you something different, son? I do like your ideas of, of being friends. Perhaps we can put this behind us, uh, your, your victory, my defeat. Perhaps we, we shall never be in the same guild, but perhaps we can be friendly enough that we can have an alliance between our guilds. I see that you have an up-and-coming guild in Heimat. I have a well-established, well-known guild that operates out of the court city, but also all over the place. It would not, there would be nothing wrong with you spreading your name and attaching it, incense, to the Clifftop Adventures Guild as an affiliate. No, no gold need change hands. I simply do not want to leave in the ways that we did previously where it seemed like I wanted you to do something and you were not. I understand businessmen and adventurers who need their own stake in the world. As he prattles on, I'm going to lean does. into Norwin I do and say, on. I tried to be polite. No, I, I love Podeska just the way yeah. he talks. It sounds like, like, and then, you know, and then you can do this. And then yeah, you do that's, that's, not, that's not Josh being annoying. That's intentionally him. That's how he acts. I tried being nice. Now what? This is what I'm going to lean in and whisper to Norwin. Don't hurt him. <laughs> yes. Well, we friends, this is all I'm saying. We can affiliate. I can say what well, I know. These these people here, and if there's, there's a job that is happening near Haima, perhaps I can direct them toward you. And perhaps if there's a job happening in the court city, when you go back to Haima, you can direct them toward me. It's a purely advantageous on both sides of the, the coin. Yes, I, I see your, your points there. Um, and perhaps we would um, consider that. I would, of course, have to talk to uh, other members of our party as well. Um, but yes, we, we, we have some business we have to attend to back in Hyamon before we're able to formalize or um, any kind of agreement with any kind of guild, honestly. We just recently sent back some new recruits there and need them to um, give them some establishment. <laughs> yes, hopefully. <laughs> so, um, I, will, I will say that it is an intriguing offer and um, we shall think on that and, um, you know, we'll, we assume we can find you in the Clifftop Adventuring Guild if we would like to formalize that at any point. The offer stands for now. Of course, you know, we would not wish to 
tread upon your gracious offer by giving it too much time, but you know, stuff moves pretty quickly and we need to be able to uh, flex to that as we can. Understood. And again, there's no obligations here. I'm not asking you to do anything other than be an ally, a more mm-hmm. official ally, an affiliate, mm. if you will. Of course, of course. And like I said, we will we'll consider your gracious offer. And of course, we'd like to remain amicable, amicable and friendly. <laughs> ah, of course. Wasn't I've said my piece? Um, well, one more, th- one, one more thing, though. And he just begins to paddle on again. Um, and eventually- it's not about you getting us a drink. I don't want to fucking hear it. <laughs> ah, a drink? Well, why, why didn't you say so? And he walks up. And Jasper, please. Uh, two whales, please. J- just about time. Jasper, you know, he just grabs the pitcher and pours simple, simple stuff until Marcus Marcus gets here. Does not even go behind the bar and... Putinesca comes over and drops the two mugs on the table. Well, gentlemen, I bid you farewell, and I hope to hear from you soon in the Clifftop Adventuring Guild. If I ever make my way to Hyamut, I'll be sure to find... And what, what was your guild hall name? What, what was your guild's name again? Just so I have it up here forever and ever and ever? Yeah, established the room nights, right? I'll lean into Earth to say that. Oh, yeah. Like, I didn't think we had a name for the hall yet, but yeah, that's what we're calling ourselves. Uh, that's what we are. Yeah, the room nines. Very good. Even nice as how we have an official name, but you'll you'll get there. We'll beat you there at any point. <laughs> of course. Well then, farewell. And he turns and uh, hitches up his rapier a bit and walks his way proudly out of the drunken dragon door closing behind him. <clears throat> In the meantime, Annie, you have gone back in the room and you said you were going to reply to Elspeth? I would write. Hmm. How do I know it's you who rode with you on our journey? Okay. There is a Fairly quick reply. It does take about the three or four minutes. And then you receive this in reply. Um, here. you get eight words quickly and then uh, or like those are written in, in one handwriting and then in a different handwriting you receive um, this very quickly after
I am typing it up. Okay. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. what do you two gentlemen want to, uh, to, to do or say after Ipsicario makes his exit? If anything. You know, honestly, that might not be a bad arrangement, even if we don't necessarily... I don't know if we're, I, I'm still a little confused on where we are with him. If he's just, if he's just a little much for you and all, but I mean, I like the adventuring guild more than the Dennis or the, the one that was more about servitude rather than cooperation and, com and um, camaraderie. And, you know, the guild probably could use some extra business to keep those people busy. I'm all well and good with that, as long as he's not using us. And if Sicario is a smooth-talking, little furry-footed son of a bitch, and he likes to use words like, mm. what was it, associate? What was it? Yes, uh, associate. Appendage? Or... Whatever the fuck he called us. Well, he meant, yes, something of that ilk. I'm not sure exactly what they get out of it, unless they think that our reputation is going to skyrocket or something. I mean, I suppose, you know, having business sent from Hyamont to their guild is something, but they have way more guilds than we do. So, I don't know. As far as we know, I mean, if that was the best the guild had to offer. From the sounds of it, it wasn't. It just seems to be the um, uh, bureaucrat in charge, perhaps? Like man. Yeah. Well, he did seem to have some sort of similar abilities that Annie has, so perhaps she, uh, perhaps he's uh, of the Bardic persuasion. Makes sense. I mean, like I said, it's worth looking into. I just... Uh, you don't want to be used. Yeah. Long and short of it, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. But, you know, a partnership is sometimes built on using each other. So. Yeah, as long as we get something out of it. Yes, exactly. So, I don't know, we'll discuss it with Annie and see what she thinks. Sounds good to me. Cheers. <laughs> Hanging out. <laughs> Sippy straw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of those crazy ones. Makes ale fun. <laughs> <laughs> Sings a little song. I like to imagine that Norwin's is like a little bird whistle one. <laughs> like those bird whistle straws. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Crazy straws would have been great to, to buy at the trade fair district. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been fun. Sounds like there's some penning back and forth. So... Oh, gosh, yeah, that's a problem. Okay. So, when you go back to Hyamont, what do you think that you're going to do then? Just check in on things? Yeah, I mean, we really have to see where we're at. We left a place that wasn't even fixed up yet, so... That is fair. When we go back, I guess the, we're going to have to fucking get started, is what it is. Yeah, get the guild started and check on, see how uh, Blazion's doing. Check and see how Kikwa is, make sure that Kikwa is still Kikwa and not being abused or neglected. Um, exactly. Make sure they know that we're going to be checking in too. 
that we're not just going to be gone all the time. They can do whatever the hell they want. Makes sense. Hmm. How long a journey is it to Heimel? Do you remember? Here? Yeah. Shit, when we were going from the Katreva and we used the necklace, it was eight hours to Fadrixil, which is still a few hours from Highmont. So I want to say like maybe 300, 400 miles. Okay. Ways. I was trying to think of the best ways for us to travel. Because if I go by cloud tomorrow, because I don't necessarily know where, I don't have a tree to go to where I'm going. And if, you know, obviously you'd have the spell as well then you could always travel up to Fadrick's Hill and then hook over. And then that would save some spells. And then when I'm done with my business, I could tree over to Hyamont and then tree us back. It's either that or I tree you immediately to Hyamont. And then I would just tree to Hyamont myself later. And then we'd have to travel back on foot or wait until I'm ready to able to travel again. Well, I mean, you, you do know that from Heimat to here is very long. That's why you tree strided back, back to your home tree. Yeah, we said, I, I was, said it was like maybe 400 miles. Yeah, it's pretty long. It's, it's a hefty trip. Also, we don't necessarily want to go straight to Vandrixel either. No, yeah, like I wouldn't, I would, I was just using that as a reference that it took us eight hours to fly from. Mm -hmm. to Fadrixil, and it's even further to Highmont, and we're even further south quite a bit than we were at the Katreva. Yeah. Unless we want so, to just bum around and um, well, Highmont for a while. Yeah, I guess it really depends on if we're going to just be twiddling our thumbs here in the cities, or what? Honestly, I don't know. Depends on if there's anything else you want to accomplish while you're here. Or if you think that you could be more useful or more, you could gain more for whatever in Highmont. Well, my thought is we're not in any big rush to get back there. If you have to take care of your business, whatever you were talking about, you can do that. And then mm -hmm. in a week, we can tree stride up there one day, check in, and then mm -hmm. come back if that works. I don't exactly know how your magic works and all, but... I can do, uh, I can transport via plans twice per three days or so. Okay. So I can do a round trip once every three days. Gotcha. I have to use the seventh level spell. Seventh level, okay. I forgot it's a sixth level spell. It's a sixth level spell, so I can upcast. That's right. No, I totally, I, I was <laughs> like, that's a seventh level spell. No, plane shift is. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, did Annie copy uh, Al's teleportation circle? Because then... Yeah, I think she did. We could try to use that at some point. Yeah, that would be a instant bamf back there. And then I could always just pick you up on the way home. You know. So, yeah. That's a good point. That's one way to look at it. And like I said, I think we have two weeks to kill, so I don't know how much the Dragonmark family actually charges to do something like that, but 
Uh, we could also check House Orion to see if they sell scrolls of teleportation. That is kind of their wheelhouse and their bread and butter at this point. That's a good point. It wouldn't hurt to have a few more of those if we're going to be... I'm sure they're not cheap. <sighs> yeah, but... Uh, but it could be useful time... to get back to Al. Yeah, the time they save, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or you could just check and see if they have any teleportation runes in Highmont or near it. And check the prices. Yeah. It's definitely worth looking into. Mm -hmm. I don't exactly know how far their reach spreads, but... Don't know if you don't know. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, interesting turn of phrase that you have given. Because <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> at that point, you might beat the supplies. I'm sure you would. How long they say that is going to take? A couple days close, at least. Close to a month, I thought it was. Maybe even a couple weeks, yeah. 400 miles, yeah, about a, about a month, yeah. At that point, we might have also just taken them ourselves. No, this way it'll work. You know, we can let them know they're on their way. That'll kind of be a simple responsibility we can give those putzes to look forward to. Yeah. You could even train them a bit with what you have. Well, maybe not with blood. Maybe don't use blood. <laughs> maybe with sticks. Train them with sticks. <laughs> sticks are inferior to me. <laughs> he says that doesn't sound like as much fun. Yeah, uh, probably not. <laughs> but we have a few. We have a few things, so we could get him started at least. Goes over my head. I would catch it. <laughs> Drax. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Yeah, I have a couple, you know, things to think about. Options. I feel like our options. options. Annie, you, you've concluded your back and forth. Do you wish to come down and join the boys or not yet? Not yet. I would be sitting and thinking. Okay. Pensive. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. As we look around the dragon, what are the what is the customer or the clientele like? Who else is here? Um, some some faces that that you've seen and know that they are staying here. Um, I'd say adventuring type per se, or or those that have come into a sum of gold and wanted a, a place to, to stay. But again, the Drunken Dragon is more of a bar than it is a, um, it's more of a tavern than it is like an, an, an inn. It's got some rooms, but like five or six, not that many okay. rooms. Um, mm -hmm. So as far as the, the clientele that have come in to drink, since Marcus isn't here, it's not very, very rowdy as of yet. You have mostly just merchant types not the lowest of the low but not the higher of the high yet let me rephrase it this way okay how, how do i check to see if we're being watched does that make sense like ah i want to look like <laughs> checking out the room to see if the room's checking out me understood um in uh. that case i would say um this i've always found this tricky because it's either perception mm -hmm. investigation or insight i i could see insight being it. like are you catching their eye like someone who's doing something like one of these you know thing or yeah. mm -hmm. or just right. acting a little too like they're trying too hard not to look you know 
I like would where you drop a plate and every other head turns except for right. theirs. I would say this is more the purview of insight because everyone's eyes are going to scan over and see you here and there. And you might perceive that, but there might not be meaning to it. So I would say go ahead and roll an insight check based on the, um, oh, wait, insight's already you. Wisdom. Damn, I was going <laughs> to do that. If I was going to do that thing, I don't do very often where you roll a check using a different ability score, but I'm pretty sure insight and, wis- and perception it's, are both wisdom. It is wisdom. Yeah, mm-hmm. roll a fucking insight check, you jack wagon. <laughs> 19. 19. You don't think anybody is eyeing you up. You look for faces that you know, and you recognize some, again, people that probably are here, and there's maybe a grand total of, you know, eight people, not including you two and Annie, so eight other people here, and and Jasper, eight other patrons. Um, You're going about the room, business, chit-chatting, um, some hush, some some lollies, some playing cards. Eyes scan over. You meet some, some of their eyes. They don't give you that vibe of like, oh, I wasn't looking at you or a hard stare. Just like, oh, that's kind of awkward when you catch somebody's eye in, in the mall. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So, hey, back to my cards. <laughs> like Charlie and, and Mac. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't have any of those moments. So I would say you feel fairly confident nobody here is scoping you out okay yeah sorry you had to be more more direct in what you wanted to ask that time because i was like i don't know man you want me to make up another 25 npcs yeah no no, no that's what i thought about that too i was like that doesn't convey what i'm actually trying to do mm-hmm. like <laughs> look around and be like would one of these motherfuckers be looking at me no that's a great question i and I, I would say you don't get that vibe right now okay <laughs> I'll share those concerns with Norwin. Just be like, do you think we can trust any of the Dragonmarked families? I'm not exactly sure. I mean, the, oh, I forgot what his name was. Can't believe it. Uh, Eklund? Eklund, Madani. Madani. The Madani might be the most um, trustworthy and least trustworthy at the same time because they, you know, we obviously have them as our main point of contact with the crown and they are the ones that can investigate mines. But I think we don't necessarily have to worry about some of the, like, I'm not as concerned about the Thresk, for example. Um, the finders and the huntsmen, you know, more for beasts and, and stuff. I'm not as concerned about the the house that gives the leopard, the uh, all the birds and stuff. Uh, you don't know why I can never think of it. I have a whole thing about this. Vidalis, you know, the, the magical beasts one. I'm not as concerned about those. But then again, you know, I tend to, as you very well know, I tend to overanalyze these things. Mm-hmm. And so I, I tend to, you know, I think about, oh, well, it probably isn't House of Dollars because they probably wouldn't have much of it to gain, but is that exactly what they want us to think? And, and so I, I go back and forth, and sometimes I need something more just, you know, gut instinct. I don't know. 
currently I'm, I'm leaning toward, I mean, Kenneth is one that was always suspicious because that's the one we've been told to be suspicious of by the Crown or that they would be, if at all. And, you know, I also think House Orion is a little suspicious because they seem to have, like they're looking for external partnerships and, you know, have been buddying up to Kenneth, which we've been concerned about. Very true. It's very true. But, I mean, there's houses we haven't even really heard much about at all. It's, um, like, we haven't heard much about the Kundarax. So example. I guess, here's a better question. Do you think there's a house we can trust? Was not exactly what you just asked? No, I'm, I'm, my point being is, like, I'm suspecting everyone, but do you think there's someone we can for sure rule out and maybe go to for help. Like Annie said, like, do you think we should tell okay, a friend? Uh, I'm a little wary of telling one of the dragon monks because I am suspicious that if we tell one of the dragon monks and it gets up to, you know, they're, they're more of a, a unit and they also have more conflicts with each other than something like somebody like you know the, the Celia family, for example, who are dealing with external matters, you know, the gambling, which I mean seems like there hasn't been much competition for or much um, um you know impeding on that territory. So but if a family, if we go to we trust a family and it gets up to the top and then they try to you know, run their own investigations and then maybe use that as a chit or a leverage against the other families, you know, or to gain favor with the crown. I see what you're saying. They use it to play politics. They use it to play politics because that seems to be what they do. How do the rules, this is an above question, above table question. How do the rules on ownership work? Like for example, the things I found in the mind found in the first Mind Flayer's lair, are they technically mine now? Finders keepers. Like, and I mean that for the sense of like a finding spell, like clairvoyance or whatnot, or oh. like it's yeah. easier if you have an item of theirs. Yeah, it's a good. Like that. A you know what I mean? Good question, Leo. And of course, there's nothing about it super specific in the book. That's like a philosophical question, man. For like the <laughs> if, you can, if, if you can figure that out for D and D, write a fucking book about it, man. Um, mm -hmm. Solve the world's problem. I would say I, it would. Finders keepers is a thing. I would say it would one come down to if that person or thing is alive or not. Like you know, um, Soren, you're pretty sure he's dead, so your sword is probably would be owned by by you. You would okay. assume that at least, um, but you know. For instance, blood told me his mother, Soren's mother, used blood quite a bit. Right. So, like, would it help if I wanted to spy on her? Or at this point, its connection to her is cut. It's probably more to you because you want it by like conquest. Okay. Or if okay, Elder One something rules. is okay. yeah, I would think of El of Elder One rules. If something is given to you. Um, or, or, or you've earned it or you've killed the other person, that's probably yours. Of course, there's always the scenario of, well, what if you just stole it? Is it yours mm -hmm. just because you have it? I would say that would come down to more of a time thing. Otherwise, 
that hair that that Annie plucked. Well, it's it's her hair now, <laughs> which obviously <laughs> isn't the case. So I, yeah. I I would say if you, if you're stealing it, it would come down to um, time duration. Has that person forgotten it? I think the rules of ownership would come down a lot to do they even know that it's it's missing? If not, it's probably still theirs in a, in a, in a sense. Have they said, oh, I'll never find this again? It would probably transfer over. So it might be a little bit gray in the center there. Because I was thinking, like with some of these houses of, you mentioned House Thresh, they find people and whatnot, but it got me thinking anyways. Mm-hmm. What if we, if we think the flayers we killed are back? We have their diaries. We have many things of that were once theirs. Why don't we try to peek in on them? Track them down. Well, to see if see if they're even back, or maybe I don't know. We find out where they are. Maybe oh, they're yeah. here in the court city, you know, and we see that they're in a certain house, or maybe they're in your arcanum or whatever. They, fuck you were talking about going to in congress yes yeah that place we did try scrying on them once and it yielded no results it it was just a void correct it was like just black it was just like immediate or did immediately kick me out or something it was the same result that you that you got for example when you tried to scry on fire song that one or um starwind or it could mean you surmise it. It can mean either they're dead, or they're not on this this plane, or they you simply failed. Yeah, okay, like they succeed. They have a spell save. Save. Or yeah. mm-hmm. you know, there's many things. All all you know is it didn't work. You unfortunately never get information about why it didn't work. It just didn't work. Yeah, I mean, we could just try that again ourselves with Annie's scrying eye. And then if that still yields the same results, then see what Thresh can do for us. Of course, that would be kind of, no, I don't have to give them too many details. Of course, if they are the house, then they might. Of course, how deep does the treachery go? You know. See? I feel like we can't do anything because we don't know anything, and we don't know anything because we can't fucking do anything. Exactly. Well, it's just a whole lot of ifs. I guess until we find out what's going on with Lady Otain this evening. Yeah. Perhaps you and I can scry this evening though. While Annie's at her play. Oh, can you do that? I mean, if I have her item at the moment, I don't have enough. I normally can do it on my own. I have my own orb for it, but it doesn't do much without my power and my power is kind of tapped Ah, at the moment. All right, yeah. Yeah. Let's have a try that. Yeah, he's just taking a while to get ready. <laughs> he is. Women, you know? <laughs> like, ah, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. When you come down. You, su- you suddenly... <laughs> <laughs> Someone's talking about me. <laughs> I would be heading to join them. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Oh shit! Speaks the tea shows up. She's right. Her. She's right behind me, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wearing her beautiful dress, um, you know, hair nice, looking to the nines for sure for her next visit. I talked with 
the others on the scroll. Mm. And? I let them know that there's pretty much no updates, but I am going out again tonight and asked mm -hmm. their thoughts on Lady C. Mm -hmm. And if she's trustworthy and their response was as helpful as both of yours. Great. Trust my gut. <clears throat> Don't give in to her charm. A little bit of everything. So see. And you were I'd... able to beyond reasonable doubt assume that it was who they were that they were who they said they were? Yes, because not only was the answer correct, it was flattering, which tells me it's Elspeth. <laughs> All right. I mean, there are other people that would flatter you, of course. And we're not talking love letters here, but we're talking flatteries, another thing. <laughs> Screw you. She thinks, <laughs> she thinks everybody's flattering her. <laughs> yeah. oh. I think tonight will just have to be played by ear and I'm going to have to pull out some more of the stops and is there anything that we can do to provide assistance I don't think so I think I'm just going to have to really suss her out fair enough I don't know if we have any trinkets or anything like that oak. a whistle what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> that's the first time Norton hasn't heard it. Perfect <laughs> bird whistle. People are looking around like, there's a fucking bird in this bar. Oh, I didn't show you. Look at my cool bird whistle. Do I identify what kind of bird it made the whistle? <laughs> you know I was going to ask that. Make a nature check. Okay, nature check. I think that's what's that. I wish I could get plus nature. Uh, standard plus nine. Oopsies. I just have to write nine. Well, it was a two plus nine, so eleven. Eleven? You're I like can do math myself. You're like eighty percent sure it's a crow. Um, Holy fuck. <laughs> Where did you buy this whistle? Where did you buy it? <laughs> Wait, so it sounds like <laughs> Yeah, it's not a pretty sound. <laughs> It's it's probably more like a like a black capped a chickadee. Mm -hmm. It's very nice that I have Google in front of me. I can make this shit up normally. Black chickadee. Maybe it might be a pine warbler. Mm. Oh, a, pine, a pine warbler or a wood thrush. A wood thrush. Yeah. All right. Does it have a drink your tea sound to it? Like drink your tea. No. Definitely then it's not, not a pine thrush. Like that. Oh, damn. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, it's a dark guy junko. <laughs> junkos are fun. Are you sure it's not a uh, red winged blackbird or brown breasted <laughs> brown foot? Brown breasted brown foot. Brown breasted brown foot. All right. Time is getting nigh for you to be up there. I suppose we should head out. Sounds yes, good to let's, me. let's do that. You know. Honestly, it's probably getting a little late if we want to just uh, go straight to the thing. We can skip the cheese thing for the day. Mm, I think that person like will Norwin be doesn't want any love letters from his cheese girlfriend. More like I want to make sure you have enough time for your play. 
Norwin, somebody needs to get a love letter, letter in this group, and it sure shit ain't going to be her. So we're getting cheese. <laughs> oh, God. You guys can that, always... That get, is not my point. <laughs> you guys can always get cheese after well, you I'm there. off, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll head true. to the theater. Yeah. Well, off we go. Right. For the sake of time, you teleport via carpet. <laughs> Right to the theater, the stargazer theater. <clears throat> you see the telltale large black crow kind of foofing and preening at the moment as you see two white tiefling guards there and, and one smaller form. You can't see her, her flesh, but you assume it's her because she has the, that, that nice hood up, big, thick, billowing cloak thing. It's cold here, ma'am. Um, the driver, she she goes, she turns and, and sees you, pulls down the hood, waves off the driver that takes the crow into a dive and wings flare up and it takes off. As she walks up, up to you. Ah, I, I'm glad you, you can make it. I'm, I'm always too early to these things. I like to get good seats, even though I always, I always have a balcony seat. I don't know. Perhaps I'm just eager to see you again. So sorry for making you wait. Ah, not at all. You are on time, I'm sure. If only somebody would invent a clock and some sort of quantitative time rather than this qualitative (laughs) after dinner is really all we can use. Sunset. Nonsense. I'm pretty sure I saw something that looks like the beginning of the invention of a clock, but it just spit out snow. Ah, you've seen the old uh, snow clock, man. Yeah, he does not know what he's speaking of. Gibberish. Well, shall we? We shall. Have, have you, you changed your mind, or are you still interested in the Night of Moonless Howls? I am still interested. Wonderful. Me too. It is, after all, and she, she points up to the sky where there is no moon, overcast, about as pitch black as it can. If not for the lights that illuminate many of the towers and larger continual flames or groups of um, magic continual flames. Um, you guys would have had no fucking idea where you were going at all. Fortunately, the city is smart enough that it knows that flying is very common, so it illuminates safe areas, kind of like lighthouses of different colors, and it illuminates signs. There's very much foot traffic, and air traffic is very common here. So you made your way enough, but tonight is very, very dark. So she she leads you in um same major um f- facility but a different uh, um actual theater than before smaller the schism of the host was performed on a very large stage with a lot of, of quite a bit of a cast this one is the stage is about two-thirds the the size um significantly fewer people here you still get a balcony seat though not quite as, as opulent as the previous one and you uh, have your, your four chairs in a row there, interspersed with small round uh, tables in between each of them. And she, she orders her, her usual, which is providing her own bottle of wine. <laughs> um, again, the, um, the elves, it's always elves here, because remember the Fjarlan family, um, hand, the elvish dragonmark family handles the entertainment and whatnot. 
um, comes up and says the whole spiel about, are you sure? And she goes, I'm fine. If we need more afterwards, we'll be sure to let you know. And he goes, uh, of course, Madame Irtame, then makes his way on. And you guys have, uh, she's not, you're not, again, you don't really entirely know, but somebody does come upstage, upstage and says, we'll be getting the, the performance shortly. They're just getting their final voices ready. And everyone, you know, goes, hurry up, or that sort of stuff. And so, so more time to drink. And bring drinks. You want your drinks? You want your snacks during the show? You won't want to miss a single thing. And then vanishes in a puff of smoke, which really doesn't just uses it to go behind the the, the curtain quick. (laughs) So you have a bit. You're not sure exactly how long, but you have a bit to chat with her if you want to. I would. Are you okay if I use the ladies' room real quick? I don't want to miss a single scene and. I definitely had to rush out today because my gentleman took too long at the library. Ah, uh, don't you, don't you just hate when the gentlemen take too long at the library? Actually, I cannot imagine what, what you're speaking of, but yes, yes, please. Take her to, to the ladies' room. Her, uh, you know, thinner companion, companion, the one that you know actually is a, a, a white tiefling bows and says, after me, if you will. Thank you and leads you to uh, through the, cur- the, the the black velvet curtain that blocks yours off from the light that's in this hallway here. You follow the arch of it around and you, you reach a washroom with some basins and uh, curtains that you can, can close to give yourself some privacy as you shit in a bucket that someone will have to clean up later on. <laughs> Fantasy oh. world. Everything looks nice, but plumbing doesn't really exist fully yet. I am not shitting in a bucket. I am casting... Detect thoughts. Mm. Okay. And then good. I will excuse myself back to her. Okay. Sounds good. So you sit there for a reasonable amount of time to not um, think that you had the um, Hershey squirts and you, you get cast your spell and you have uh, one minute for it yep. to work. So you go and you rec- you know how to get there is very very easy. So you, so you go okay, come on, let's go. And you lead the you lead the way back up to her. I'd say you have about twenty seconds left of it by the time you, at a good pace, reach back there and open up the, the curtain, if that's what you choose to to do. Yep. Okay. And you're scouring for her surface thoughts right now. I am. I just want to see if she's having any like surfacey thoughts. Mm, surfacey thoughts, the surface kind. Of like suspicion or anything about me. I would say what's on her mind most at the moment is one, if your story from the previous day about you met, like you basically knew the like half the plot of this play and said that you met the guy in the Glitterwood and she's like, I believe most of what you say, but that story is clearly bullshit, which means maybe all of what you're saying is bullshit if if all your stories are false barred stories maybe everything that you're saying is false and you don't the you're i don't i shouldn't believe anything that you say but she's conflicted in her own mind because she inherently wants you do desire or you you sense this is all the surface a desire that you're telling the the truth she would prefer that you're telling the truth but she is naturally suspicious because your stories are admittedly pretty outlandish. Oh, we're seeing that 
play. I met that guy. <laughs> that was from year, hundreds of years ago. I, I met him, motherfucker. Um, so she's definitely suspicious about that and that, and therefore of everything that, that you're saying, but it's all called, it's all colored by a sense of like, I hope that's not true. I, I'd hate for this to have all been trying to manipulate me. But if that is what it is, I have no problem with dealing with that the way that I will deal with it. I would. I really hope this is a satisfactory play. I'm excited to see if their account is anywhere near the one I had. I am also very, very interested to see if that is true. Perhaps I can show you what I saw sometime. How did you do this? I have an instrument where I can make images appear. Just basic ones, but enough. Ah. Were you, were you using that instrument when I saw you perform the previous night? Mm, I don't believe so. I think I was, I was playing my lyre bow. Ah, okay. Well, yes. yes. Perhaps it would be nice to see. I, I always like to hear you perform, and it would be interesting. I would enjoy that. Very much so. Have, have you thought any more about what we dis- discussed last night? About performing in the Platinum Chateau? I have, and I am interested. I would be interested to discuss a contract because I'm still uncertain if I need to travel here soon or not, but of course I am grateful and I would like to discuss that. But of course. Well, we should probably discuss after the show, right? Of course. And indeed, it lo- looks like, and sure enough, the person comes out and says the performance will begin immediately. Welcome to the night of moonless howls and the din of the, the, the chatting and the talking and the, the, the orchestra band dies down enti- entirely and it's quite quiet as he introduces and then bows. Everything just goes dark. <laughs> All the lights off. Then when it comes back on, you see um, a person, a man, a human male with some mutton chops here and a, a, a simple cap. And here's how the story goes. First of all, it is very much a musical. And it, um, it, it is a musical about the king of Sirmenea's purge of all shapeshifter kin, lycanthrope, werebeasts, and the such. Or this is a story about a rebellion against a power-hungry king. Either way, it takes, it takes place for 300 to 400 years prior. It's set up as, as a duet of foils. The good king, Ephraim Valdemar, staunch ally of, of the Valinar city-states to the east, and following in their footsteps as they overthrew the vampires that had been secretly ruling them for half a century versus the werebeasts that fed on moonlit and blood. So we, on one side of the foil is the king. Ephraim 
Valdemar, who's trying to follow in the footsteps of the Valinar city-states that have become independent and powerful and overthrew apparently vampires that were ruling them for some time. On the other side of the foil are these rare beasts that fed on moonlight and blood, led by a man who simply loved his wife, Ophelia, who had gone mad during childbirth. Um, Ophelia bit our main character here and turned him into a werewolf after their daughter was born, which forced him to understand their plight. They were both of wealthy stock from Agrostome and moved to the court city for, for opportunity, chasing it any way that he could. They could, I should say. He wanted rights for his kind and understanding from the king and thought that the court city would be a place where rights and understanding could be found. He tried to rally other shapeshifters of his ilk of the, of the country, both at Agastone, Sirmenea, Alfheim, as he traveled th through them, um, that there must be a better way. They don't have to be purely, this doesn't have to be a shameful thing. You know, there can be ways. His, his wife, Ophelia, was a um, full blood werewolf, which means she was born a werewolf. Um, he being bit turned into one and she going a bit mad for what, whatever reason he was like, there has to be a better way, a better life for us. But I can't just vouch for this because people will just think, oh, you're just a stupid, crazy wolf. So I'm going to get other people of my kind to show that we are not monsters. Even if we become monsters, we are not monsters intrinsically. So he, he would attend meetings with the royals of Sermonea under the guise of the gentleman um, to protect his family and identity. He didn't want his real name coming out. King Ephraim Valdemar eventually sent all the paladins and clerics of the city into a purge the night of the new moon, just like tonight, where there was no moon to draw its power from claiming that the moon eaters would have no power at all. But he was wrong. For where beasts do not need the moon to transform. They simply do transform at a full moon, but they don't need the moon to transform, at least some, the more ones that can kind of control their powers. The shapeshifters stood no chance against the king's holy war, but the gentleman fled after his house was his daughter was killed and his wife fought with tooth and nail eventually succumbing as well at least as far as he understands he fled to a small village in the distance where he met with, with others of his ilk that also fled from this terrible purge this night of, of moonless howls and they wanted revenge plain and simple he became known as the Black Wolf as they led a covert slaughtering of any paladin, cleric, or even a devout follower of the sovereign host, fighting it now we are beyond reconciliation. This is purely for revenge now. This lasted a year. 
And during this time, um, this covert slaughtering and these battles that waged on, on some nights, um, I don't have a ton of time, but I still want to, want to play it. You guys have heard this song once before, but now that you know the story behind it, it might have a take on an entirely different meaning for you. So I'll play it. Plus, I need to get one, one more quick drink. So I'm, I want to play this. This is actually the exact song that the gentleman performs. And he's performing it in a dingy bar, talking to his allies. And there seems to be a stark difference with the illusion magic here. The other side of the stage is the king and the aristocrats and the royals with their balls. You see them going into town, flipping over tables and carts and just causing a general ruckus. And when any paladin or cleric comes, they gang up and slaughter them. And every chorus that comes, you watch them get more and more violent. And they're getting followers that aren't even beasts like them. People just into the whole idea of rioting and fighting for some say for freedom, some say for equal equality, some just like to just, just to, to destroy shit. You see them closing off because they know the palace are coming for them. This is the night before what is now known as the Night of Moonless Howls. Then it transitions. And this moment right here is the first time you've seen all of the actors on one side of the stage transform with the illusion magic into were werewolves and were-tigers and were everything. And then they burst through the other side and they attack the aristocrats this whole time just been dancing around their ballrooms and they start killing them every single one of them.
and at the end of a song you see the gentleman standing there covered in blood and his allies all these bestial forms and the king is nowhere to nowhere near to be seen having escaped and then the popo starts coming you start hearing the the, the trumpets and then the doors combusting and then they all flee away so you know that this back and forth of the lasted about a year until finally the village was found the one where they had made their base during this time small village out in the distance somewhere um and by somewhere i should specify um alfheim a uh, no not alfheim what am i saying oh it was still in still in sermonea but to the east of the court city close enough that they could come and do damage but over in the fey lake um, area which are some city states now a host of holy warriors marched in the dead of night through the mist and fog toward the, the village intent on bloodshed though one new newcomer a tra traveler from far away land a dwarven traveler from a far away land pled for the king to make peace with these listen to their what they're saying rather than taking your aggressive action upon them uh the dwarf's words were dismissed and him thrown into a cell for the night but he escaped without, without a trace when the holy warriors reached the village edge they watched in a golden light as it blazed in the square and called the mist toward them obscuring everything and when it cleared there was no village left the king claimed this as a victory and the tale was over and only after many interviews and years later did one bard emmanuel porter the fourth uh put the story together and made this play which again is unpopular because it calls into question this whole thing though it's very much known that there is this small group of monstrous insurgents essentially that did this that's known history what's not known is really the first part of the of the play like that it didn't start that way they wanted rights they wanted things and seeing the gentleman's story and his wife and daughter and his descent in into this is really what the play is all about then it concludes and you are left to, uh, you know, that they get a standing o ovation. All, all of the actors um, remove any glamours that they still have, showing that they are all elves. You know, there's some maybe um, humans amongst them, a few, but mostly elves. A few of them, you can even see the, the mark of the Fjallin family on them as they do their wave and stage bows, and everybody claps for them. And, that's the end. People start milling out, chatting loudly about the performance. But again, this wasn't a super huge um, thing. There's maybe only 50 or so people in there. The or orchestra picks back up again to play music as people exit. And Lady Slayer turns to you and says, what did you think? Does it match your own history? Not to the T, but it's nice to fill in some gaps. I recognize the song he sang, but mainly when I met with him, you know, we were 
walking through the woods and we came upon an inn. We went into the inn and were attacked by beasts, and then after we fought, everything disappeared into the mist. So I appreciate seeing some more background on that. Um, you know, his, the history books are often written by the victors, after all, but it's the tales written by the bards that tell us the truth, wouldn't you say? Yes, sometimes at the bard's detriment. Indeed. So well known for her being fibbers, telling tall tales. But sometimes the greatest truths come from them. That's why I find this very interesting. Yes. And sometimes you need to add in a lie so people can see the truth. Perhaps. Well, would you like to get dessert again or? I would appreciate that. I Wonderful. Definitely would. She takes you to the same place that you went the previous night, same, t- same table, same heat lamp. She orders the same dessert. You definitely get a feeling that she is, you know, pretty stuck in her ways, not too much adventuring, wears gloves, doesn't like to shake hands all that much, does her routine and is very su- successful at it. So do you see a new play every night? No, no. I, I've seen all of these before. If a new play comes into town, I, of course, I'll, I'll, I'll see it if I have the time, and I often do have the time. But I thought it would be nice to share these moments with you since you were new to, to town and were speaking with me so much. I very much appreciate that. And of course, I'm wondering I thought if there was something I could, could get from you. Of course. I'm wondering if you have any more questions after our conversation yesterday. I would like to ensure that you know I am on your side. Honestly, I'm sorry, I'm not sure what you think. I am not naive. I'm not as young as I seem, as you know. I have seen this city devour newcomers and spit out their bones. I didn't know that you were new to the city when you first spoke. I simply saw you and heard what you and your dwarf friend said. Piqued my interest. When I said my first sentence to you, I by no means thought that we would be sitting here right now having this conversation. So, since this is not a scheme of mine, I am used to being the one with the schemes. Since this is not a scheme of mine, I can only surmise either it is pure coincidence and serendipity, which I do not believe in, or it is a scheme or machination of perhaps not to yourself, but somebody else, something else. Now, this could all not, not be true. This could simply be a great opportunity. I would love for you, for you to work for me. You would have comfortable lodging and make enough gold and would have a name for yourself. Greater in a few years even than that the Felicia Goldhip. I'm sure of it. Everything you need is here in the court 
city. Well, I understand that you are a traveling sort, but I cannot remove this niggling thought from my head that there's something that you want. Something, because if you simply wanted to per perform, I've offered you this. And if I wanted to perform with fewer strings attached, I enjoy performing, but I don't enjoy the thought of being stuck in one place for an extended period of time. My material would get stale. Understood. I also didn't know very clearly, you, you told me with no reservations just last night that you wanted to, you heard that I threw the greatest parties. Yes. And you are interested in the Tengala, which has become, if I may say so myself, quite an institution here in the court city. The Dragon March families don't like to go to each other's homes and enclaves, and they don't like to go to Castle Sassant, and Castle Sassant does not like to come out very much to any of them. So it made sense. I saw a need, and I filled it. Well, not me. My, my great-great-grandmother did that. As I say, I have inherited quite a bit. What's even the point of getting everyone together? Everyone seems quite suspicious of one another. That is the exact point of getting everyone together. You know how exhausting it is to, for the Dragon March for families, or myself, or any aristocrat or, or, or noble in the court city here, or dignitaries, foreign ambassadors and the such, it's exhausting. Imagine how hard it would be for them all to find each other and all these things. Just meet. It is tiring. You want to, to meet with the marquee? Well, this is difficult to, to get his time, especially if, if you're not on his schedule or even his radar, which does not exist. Radar, what the hell's that? But the Tengala, ah, we all know. There's always time at the same gala. Same time, same place, every, same day of every month. Becoming known for something. This is where you and I differ, Anaxoria. You're too afraid to become stale here. You like to move around. I have seen great success in having things be consistent and predictable. As long as I can predict where and when and how, and others, by the way, can predict where and when and how and what the gala will be, the contents of it are what are exciting then. Sometimes they are dull. Well, as dull as others. Other times they're very, very exciting. And what makes them exciting? Oh, you know, when certain scandals have come about or two nobles that have a penchant for drama begin to point fingers at each other when one dragon-marked family has been trod under another long enough that, that they say words that perhaps they shouldn't to the more powerful ones. That is, after all, the most entertainment I get. Better even than the race of eight wins. Of course, it is, it is inside my own home, so that would make sense. True, but the cleanup is horrendous, I'm sure. I, I wouldn't know anything about that. I have others to do as a cleanup for me. True. Suppose you have a lot more of those pointing fingers and words now that there's a war out east and it's picking up. It sounds like there's been some suspicion within these own walls. 
suspicion within disease walls. You haven't heard? On the outside, they're saying that the nobles in the court city are funding the war and want it to continue. Well, of course, there's always suspicions and hypotheses of that. It does not take a genius to deduce that war is good for business, for almost any business, even, even mine, to an extent, not directly, but indirectly. War is the greatest stimulus that a, a realm could get. So, but how long until that stimulus is the new normal and you're scared to let the war end? I am not defending it. I am simply saying what I have learned to be true in my lifetime and in the many books and histories that I've read. The idea of starting a war for financial reward is not a new idea. It's been around for a very long time. That may very well be what this war is about. I could not, t- not tell you much about the war myself. I'm, I truly stay as un- uninvolved as I can. I am not one of the, t- the 12, so I am not, <laughs> in, I'm not invited to their closed council and their, their war meetings that steer the city. So I keep my head and hands out of it. I simply like to hear, and perhaps even sell, perhaps even participate in the gossip that happens at my galas. Why do you ask so many questions? It seems like you're the one with all the questions now. I'm just thinking, you know, I travel a lot and I'm from the Dome, as I told you, and I'm thinking of going back out east, but I've heard things are not all that great. Well, what happened? Oh, did I, did that change for you guys too? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. (laughs) Uh, I don't know how to undo it though. Whoa. I tapped on gallery view that showed the back in the arrangement it was previously. Okay. Perfect. I thought that was just going to be, be for me. I wanted to see your face. Okay. Anyways. I was like, oh, myself. Gross. Sorry. I missed what you were, what you said. Uh, I think you said that you were going to go out east and blah, blah. And she, so she, she, she says, well, this would be a very bad time to think about heading home. I mean, Damas is, probably safer than most you could go, but without question, the city-states over there have been ravaged even more than we have here by the war. Have things over here been ravaged by the war? On our side? Mm-hmm. Or even this far? No, not as far as the, the, the court city. No, not even... Not, not even close. I don't think they've even made it past the sovereign steps once. Perhaps this is a rare incursion here or there, but my understanding, well, there, there was a bit that happened uh, over in, in, in Harhagen just uh, not even that long ago. I probably should not be saying as it's all hearsay, but then again, I do make much of my business based on hearsay. Was there was apparently quite quite a loss on the western front of the war to the east. I think an entire village or two lost. It's quite a bit. 
I don't know. Maybe I'm just asking questions because, you know, the more I think and I'm an overthinker and I get nervous. And What are you overthinking? Oh, the contract. And I, I never wish to enter something I can't fully fulfill. And that's one thing I take extremely seriously. My word is my vow and I wouldn't make a contract with someone just to break it. I, I agree. My word is my vow as well. I, I may run a gambling hall, but I do not lie. The numbers are simply in my favor. You'd be amazed when the numbers are in somebody else's favor, how much people still think, ah, but not me. I'll be the exception to his rule. So your word is your vow. My word is my vow. Perhaps we can ask this a different way. What can you offer me then? What of yourself can you offer my, my service? Or perhaps there is no service. Perhaps there is no contract. Perhaps there's simply camaraderie here between you and myself. And when, when you come into town, perhaps we, we, we can see a show. Perhaps you'll perform here and there in the Platinum Chateau when you can. No contract. Simple as that. I could offer myself exclusively to play for you when I'm here and I could do my best or buy a quill to let you know when I'm coming back. Ah, see, I like that idea. That I prefer much, much more. If you cannot stay and have regular performance, let me know a week in advance and I can make sure there's a spot open for you. Perfect. I would absolutely love that. Could you, perf could you perform two or, two or three nights in a row? on these rare occasions that you can come into this city? Yes, I could. I would expect that I would be staying here multiple days and therefore would enjoy playing every night. And approximately how often or how long do you think the gaps will be between your visits? Rough estimate. That is the difficult thing. I have never been to the court city before. And I am currently trying to track down my parents and I'm not quite sure how long that will take. Understood. Well, then let's click. Let's uh, keep an exclusivity contract. We can sign that tomorrow, perhaps. You and I can meet for, for one more show, one more dessert, and sign a few papers. And uh, of course, I'll, I'll have to, to amend the gold amount, of course, if there's not, not going to be a routine regularity to it. But I think, you, think you'll enjoy playing at the, the Platinum Chateau. Most of them get uh, drunker as the night goes on and most, pe most people in the casino that late uh, have plenty of gold to spare and some will surely find its way into your pockets and on the stage at your feet. I would absolutely adore that. Very good. Well, that? see, compromise. I'm not, not used to doing it, but I, I just decided I didn't want to throw you off the rail today. And I appreciate that. I am not fond of heights. The only thing I hate more is water. I like water, don't like heights? Well, the city must be quite uh, scary for you then. I I've seen you flying around on your carpet. I do my best. Don't look down. That's my recommendation. I definitely won't. Perhaps instead actually of, of, of doing an, another show and dessert. Perhaps you can come into my, my home tomorrow. Only if you are comfortable with that. Of course. 
are going to come and do business together in any capacity, I think that would make the most sense. I would appreciate that. Maybe I can bring something, perhaps some wine that you can turn down. Ah, we are bring two. Very good. Well, Anaxoria, I am full. It's late, and I'll admit I'm even a little bit tired. Is there anything left that you'd like to discuss with me? Not tonight, but I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Very good. Ah, one more thing. Mm. She pulls out an, an envelope. She puts it on the t- table and she slides it toward you. What is this? Cab fare. <laughs> you flip it over and you see her house um, sigil on, as a um, wax seal. She says, well, feel free. Open it up. Should I come upstairs and open it? No. That was a that was a, a prop. I open it up. Pop it open, take it out, and you have an official invite for yourself and um, specifically Urfael the dwarf and Norwin the human. Urfael Steelstorm the dwarf and Norwin Young the human. Young spelled properly. And uh. your name, Anaxoria Ahura. Urfael's going to be very happy you got his last name correct. Ah, well, I strive to make sure that those invited to my gala, I know everything I can know about them. Makes sense. So, I suppose I will see you tomorrow, and I will likely see you and your friends uh, coming to his gala. Would you mind performing there as well? This is not require you are a guest, but I think it would be a wonderful place for you to perform and get to get to know people. Certainly. I would love to perform. I'll think of something new, fresh, special to the drawing board. Very good. Have a good night, Anaxaria. You too. She stands up and walks away fairly quickly um, with her guards leaving you there to poke at the remainder of your dessert, having these in your hand. I imagine the boys were, were, were going to come pick you up again. Was that, is that the idea? All right, yep. Let's say, say that you head over to, to the, the previously designated meeting spot and they're already there waiting the car, you know, carpet just taking lazy loops <laughs> around as the snow is definitely falling more heavily now and the wind is picking up a bit that it's beginning we to just fly by and grab her pick her up perfect <laughs> you, 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 you each grab a horn yeah. <laughs> I'm of heights. annie you are abducted by aliens and uh, <laughs> campaign. can i learn how to invent a watch from them yeah. <laughs> i was a construct bitch but not i'm gonna people. invent Years. so many things <laughs> and thumb pianos all right, so you guys swoop by, grab Annie, and the, the three of you are putting your way back to the Drunken Dragon, but you have about a half hour or so flight. Any mm-hmm. last words you want to say before we wrap up tonight? I got the tickets to the gala. Hey! Nice work. Knew you could. But she what? might know more about us than we know because your names are spelled properly. That is interesting. Well... That's fine. I mean, I did use my actual name in the, the tournament. They just got it wrong. 
True. Same. So wouldn't have taken too much for her to find that out. But I also wouldn't doubt that she knows more than she's letting on. Very well, true. I don't have too much to hide, honestly. Well, yeah. Yes, me neither. Well, I was thinking of a little excursion. Will be. Yeah, but no one really knew us there. Yeah. Uh, right. Maybe. We're fine. Huh? Hmm? I didn't even hear what you said. Some excursion. Oh, magical excursion. Or horny goat stuff. Oh. All of the trouble we caused. Sure. Felicia got blamed for all that. We didn't even get yeah. any credit. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Iron Spark barely saw us. He 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 won't be able to pick us up out of, out of a line, you know. Plus that's Ooh, Iger's stuff. Masqueraded as Iron Spark several times. It's <laughs> her go to Iron Spark. Yeah. I'm a butthole. That's, that's a perfect impression. If you met him, yeah. you'd think that's Iron Spark. Okay. Mm, oh, that's good. But what did it cost you? Nothing. In fact, we are making an informal contract for me to play for her whenever I'm in town. Oh, that's about as good as we could have hoped for, I think. Right. Real, real good. Excited for you, as long as that works for you, obviously. I was considering telling her more, but it does seem like she likes gossip a lot, and I don't know how comfortable I am sharing with someone who likes to gossip. That's fair. Don't forget, you barely know her. You could just be the flavor of the week to her. Well... I'm always someone's flavor of the week. You guys let that marinate in your ears <laughs> as you coast along, the wind picking up, the snow biting, almost ice shards hitting you as you push against the wind to make your way to the drunken dragon. Again, nearing around 10 p.m. at this point in time. This performance was a bit shorter than the whole schism. Mm-hmm dealio was so we will pick up uh next time in a week and a half two weeks perhaps with you guys uh, landing in front of the drunken dragon from what the hell you're gonna do tonight and moving on from there exciting that's good cool stuff guys thanks a lot i'm glad we can make this all work out and uh we might be using this tool more come october so i'm glad we still remember at least zoom we didn't really use uh, roll 20 at all but at least we all have our Logins. So it's nice right. to look at it and see the image of the city, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The background music. Complete yeah. the ambiance. It is really yeah. nice to have that. And I had people pictures up if in case I was like, oh, you guys like want to see this person? I had that there too. But mm-hmm. anyways, it's good. Um, I will, I think we'll see all you guys in six days. Mm-hmm. Six days. Mm-hmm. Wow. I like that. We'll see you. Man, oh man. Yeah. Don't don't be late. Don't be late. Okay. I'll be there Friday. (gasps) My mom and Julie are are staying at the hotel on Friday, so you can just bunk with them. There we go. There you go. All right. Have a good night, you guys. Thanks a lot. You too. We'll talk to you soon. Good good night, Rachel, by the way. Yeah. You got got your invite. (laughs) Be well. Bye.